the out the there out channel. Please sub and share. Searching for the truth. UFOs, aliens, greys and ufology. Real images, real stories, real videos, real cases, researched and investigated by professionals in the field and cutting-edge discoveries. Witnesses, abduction accounts brought to you by Team The Out There Channel. Good to, Good be, to back. be back. Five, four, three, two, one. Action. Action. Yo, yo, who's out there? Zero people <laughs> out of eight billion in the world and growing every day. Um, so last minute decided to do a, another late night live show. Uh, so if there's any UKers around, uh, this is your opportunity to join. Uh, it's a big rainstorm outside, so I won't be taking the dog out, so I started a wee bit earlier than normal. <laughs> uh, it's the biggest rainstorm we've had for a while. So we just carried on from where we left off uh, last live, because we didn't have enough time to go through all the tabs again. So, science and the UFO connection, of course. Big Bang, Plasma, Space Time, Part 2. Ooh, what's happened there? That's kind of an error message. Why is that? Uh, errors, try again. What errors? <laughs> Well, looks like I'm king. Did it go that time? Nope. Uh, looks like they stuffed up, have they? Uh, looks like they've been playing around with the code. That's really strange. Does it allow me to post it here? Right, we're there. No. It's rejected it. Don't tell me you're going to have problems. <laughs> oh dear. Google, you're always messing up. Always. 
Ban in my own chat session never happen. Anyway. Error, error. Hello. Happy with that one. So maybe we've been um, suppressed even further. Not allowed to talk about science. Not allowed to talk about Big Bang. Uh, let's just have a play of that. Let's see if it is censorship. Let's try question everything. Uh, did it work? Yeah, that one, that came up, didn't it? Alright, it's got retry. What's that one? Alright, it did come up. I'll just do that again. Just to be sure. Yep. Alright, let's add on Big Bang. I suppose it sounds sexual, doesn't it? Dumbass AI. <laughs> Alright, it's worked that time. Uh, what was the other words I had in it? <laughs> uh, plasma, space time. Maybe space time has been banned. Plasma. That seems to be right with that one. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see, paste. That's working now. <laughs> I just did what I'd normally do, and it looks like it's come up. <laughs> anyway, um, they probably think I'm spanning, spanning myself. <laughs> Funny as. How are we ever going to win uh, with Google? I don't think we ever will. Uh, let's see. I've got to paste up the other comment to my web page. I guess it's going to be another long night. <laughs> All right. Let's accept in that one now. Uh... Says it's got excellent connection now. Can't see anything else wrong. Okay, let's see if we can pin it. I'll do it over here just in case. Uh, yep, that's working. Hmm. They probably have some monitor as you start your live stream, right? Yeah, anyway, got there in the end. Let's see how it goes for the rest of the night. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see, where do we begin? So I've been getting a few more little subs here and there. Uh, I'm trying to make a lot of shorts on the various lies we've done, plus a few extras. 
Um, I did some short videos. Uh, so if you ain't seen them, uh, it's worth checking them out. And that's when they've got me a few extra views, but not thousands. And it got me a couple of subs. But yeah, we've finally gone up to 2820 with a Google Letters Keeper. I don't know. So yeah, let's have a look. Lots of tabs again. Uh, so it should say here now. We're about 2.62 1.2k <laughs> videos. Uh, yes, yeah, so I put up these ones here on this crazy uh, UFO lens flare. Uh, looks like a, a UFO, and that kind of looks like one of those bean ships underneath. <laughs> Uh, it's funny how you can get water droplets and uh, crystals hanging in the sun. If you aim it at the camera at the right angle, this is what you get. Colourful little um, crown on it. And also we've got some bugs and birds in a tree. So I was just doing a few tests to see what Google would promote. And you can see not much. So birds in the tree, 14 views. Uh, bugs that look like um, rods and UFOs, uh, 19 views, and uh, what's that one? 80 views. So it just shows if you put up something that's clickbaity, uh, even that will get views. <laughs> but yeah, shorts is where it happens, that's where you get most of the views. So I converted each of those ones to a short as well. 14 seconds seem to be the best ones. If you do a minute, uh, again, short attention spans. Generation SEDs, I think. But yeah, we got uh, some crazy things happening on that one. But you can see even that only got 145 views. I don't think they rolled it out. And this one, only 36 still. So they definitely didn't roll that one out. Even though I was careful not to say UFOs, uh, I think rods must be a banned word. <laughs> they must have um, like admin staff checking it over rather than a, a robot. I don't know. Be good to see behind the scenes how they censor us. Anyway, I just have to keep trying, I guess. Seven views, is it? On that one? No. Uh, 13 views. <laughs> that was the one on um, cryogenic snow in space and comparing it to what I was getting on the camera. 11 views on that one. What was that one? Space snow. So, yep. Google didn't roll it out. Um, crazy mist. 26 views. No one, Google didn't think promoting crazy mist was any good, but if you pro videotape a block drain, uh, you can get 30,000 views apparently, because that's what uh, Blue Chicken got. <laughs> so 
So I don't know how you can beat the bots anymore, but uh, I think I'm pretty much red flagged, you know. 10 views on the drone one, even though it's good information for people. 48 views on the A balloon, which some idiots are promoting as a UFO. Uh, even uh, Ward Charlie uh, won there and he got over a hundred. <laughs> he normally gets a couple of thousand. So go and check them out anyway. There's no point in recovering it here. But yeah, I have got lots of tabs here. Some of them I might just use with Roberts. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of crazy wackiness happening in ufology still, especially on Twitter. Yeah, so we still got no one joining us. Um, let's see, it must be early morning. In UK, isn't it? Let's uh, just check the times. It's about, must be close to lunchtime. Should be someone around. What time in UK? Okay, here we go. Yep, coming up to lunchtime over there. Here it's coming up to midnight. <laughs> well, another hour away, but. Let's see how we go. Time in USA. That will confuse it because there's two two sides of USA. Early morning. I wonder if there'd be anyone up that time. Uh, heck, come. It's really early in Los Angeles at the moment, so I don't expect any people from USA to make it unless they're early risers. <laughs> Anyway, I'll just carry on. Um, my eyes are a wee bit blurry. I'd say extremely blurry, but we'll see how we go. I'm probably going to have to zoom in a lot. Uh, I don't know why it's so blurry tonight. It's been good the last few days. Maybe it needs some more eye drops in again. So, yeah. I think that's the first one there, is it? Okay, space-time. According to Einstein's theory, why is time a dimension of the 3 plus 1 space-time structure? Um, so, let's see who answers it the best here. And we got a professor of physics six years ago. <laughs> And straight away, the bunching in mathematics, right? Um, they think that it kind of explains it, right? And they're talking about inflation. We talked about that last time. How a lot of it sounds like hock wash. <laughs> fabric or space is like it's a fabric. <laughs> It's a vacuum! Almost a vacuum. Okay, so I always had a problem with space-time, as you know. Uh, space can never be devoid of time. 
It's kind of cryptic already, isn't it? It's, re it's radical. Space can't be void of time. As far as I'm concerned, time is always steadily moving forward. And it's not actually a real thing. It's a perceived thing for our senses, really. Uh, if, you f if you say that you all the clocks in the world suddenly stop, right, and you went to sleep, then you wake up when you felt like you were refreshed, and you didn't have a clock to look at, um, what would your perceived time be? Minutes? Hours? Days? You see what I mean? You always reference your clock to see, oh, I slept eight hours. <laughs> But it's not likely the time's going to be going backwards. So you can't space travel. Um, so this is a problem with mathematics. Where it can actually have things that aren't part of reality. Like uh, time travel. So he's saying time is in space. Well, I suppose technically that's correct. Time is everywhere. <laughs> in our perception but it's not actually a physical thing and they're treating it like it's a a real thing here from what i'm seeing uh time can never be devoid of space so if we say where then when automatically crawls in and versifies <laughs> As we perceive, yeah, that's what I said, the space we reside is three-dimensional. So that's uh, length times uh, height times width, right? Also time, interval between two events seems like flowing in particular direction. Well, it only moves forward. <laughs> Uh, yes, we could uh, look up the lotto numbers and then scroll back the time and make sure you get a ticket before the closing and win all the money, which I didn't do, do tonight. Uh, my ticket only got one number. <laughs> I'm probably the, the most unluckiest guy in the world. And yet, uh, when someone won the 33 million, it was from a rich area. And they didn't claim it, claim it straight away, and they had to track them down. How stupid is that? Took two weeks to claim 33 millions. People like that don't deserve money, um, especially lots of money. <clears throat> and this is the reason why time is considered another dimension. Since space and time can exist independently, replace space and time with a new world, 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 <laughs> word called uh, space-time. Space is three-dimensional and time is considered to be one dimension. Thus, we consider space-time to be fourth-dimensional. Kind of weird thinking, I think. But that's Einstein for you, I guess. Um, why do you need to include time in um, space? It's 
still though. Because time exists everywhere. Even in your sleep, your dreams progress forward, right? I don't think I've ever dreamt I was going back in time. Or travelling back in time. But you remember things from the past that you've experienced. Is that kind of time travel to humans? Remembering the past? But I think um, maybe Einstein didn't expect people to consider time travel. But all this idea that if you go get closer to the speed of light, time slows down. Well, it doesn't, does it? Time still remains at a constant speed. <laughs> it's just that you're getting from one destination to the other faster. If you're moving at the speed of light, right? Um, of course, light takes is moving at the speed of light, and if you're moving towards the light at the speed of light, then this is where it gets a bit crazy. They think uh, that that's where the time slows down because they call it time dilation, right? But why would it slow down? Maybe you wouldn't be able to see it with your eyes because. Well, you should be able to, right? But it almost be like instant, because you're heading towards... Hmm. It's a bit, bit crazy thinking, really. So if you're moving at warp speed towards a star, warp speed being the speed of light, you're seeing the light sooner, but until you've closed the gap between you and the star, by... Well, it takes eight minutes for light to travel from the sun to the earth. So if you travel towards the sun at the speed of light, it will take you eight minutes to get there and an impact on the surface. So if the light's coming from the sun and you're heading towards the sun, then you're going to see the light sooner, aren't you? Like if you meet, meet halfway, the sun's only traveled four minutes and you've traveled four minutes doesn't change anything you're just seeing the light sooner now if you could go faster than the speed of light then that gets a bit tricky doesn't it but um, when you think about it light's still hidden towards your eye again you're going to be seeing it faster So, I think all this idea of time travel is just nonsense. Uh, so, what other things have I said? Physicists have got it all wrong. <laughs> all this time. Einstein's formula is only half complete. I am here to help him with the other miss, missing half. <laughs> Now, this is why there's always going to be debates about Einstein stuff. E equals mc squared is E is for energy and m is for mass. So what we think of three dimensions of space and one one of time is particularly wrong, partially wrong I mean. 
three dimensions of space is nothing more than measurements of a spatial dimension all right so it's getting a bit more tricky in thinking now so space itself will only be one dimension <laughs> okay all by itself so if we take this into consideration and einstein's observations we can conclude that we have the right four dimensions there are the right dimensions one is energy two is mass three is space and four is time i guess now energy equals mass just like space Mm. equals time <laughs> so people are just getting it all warped up i think now to go beyond einstein's observation to enter the fifth dimension <laughs> is through a black hole all oh, right we got a black hole added in now uh, which is short shortcut uh where we began in time and space which is nothing more than teleportation in a sense some future time travel in a sense time travel mm. he's trying to say you move forward in the future then but that's um time travel in one direction so this is um this is where it's all crazy to me. This just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because um, simply going at the speed of light, you're not moving into, or going faster than the speed of light even. You're not really going into the future. <laughs> you're just moving quicker. Um, Not much though, entities and UFOs travel through the fifth dimension all the time. The only ones will never have access to at least not alive is the sixth and seventh dimensions. These two are only for spirits. <laughs> yeah, vodka and uh, gin. <laughs> sixth one is, is hell and seventh up. To the twelfth is heaven. <laughs> seven heaven. Eleven seven to eleven. He's got it up to twelve here. What is it? Eleven seven. What's the saying <laughs> that I'm thinking of? Hmm. So you can see how things can all be twisted by different people here. Uh, for the start, you can't say energy is the dimension. But you could probably say energy is actually the universe. It's energy is everything. But here we're talking about a quantization of energy, a section of energy. But yeah, I still think he's right. Einstein is wrong, but uh, he's not correct either. <laughs> um, but it's interesting reading all this and seeing how people think. 
Um, there are three dimensions which one can imagine. <laughs> I think that's what Einstein did a lot of. But Einstein, in many of his theory, has considered time as the fourth dimension. How can I imagine time as a fourth dimension? Yeah, I know. I know what he means. <laughs> I know. We're talking about super string theory. <laughs> that's that uh, Japanese guy. What's his name? Kaku. What's his first name? Oh, I can't remember. Beyond the three, the three space and one time dimensions, we can be can be seen in the extra dimensions. Could space time be considered three time coordinates, one spatial dimension? This sounds almost like Doctor Who stuff now. <laughs> um, I think string theory is just a lot of horse crap too <laughs> that guy's doing pretty well making money out of it anyway um it follows directly from the invariance of the speed of light and now we've got a phd here in theoretical physics <laughs> 30 years experience and talking of garbage uh, in order for that to be true different Observers must measure space and time differently, but in such a way that some of what one observer considers time, the other considers space. Isn't that gobbledygook? <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, Einstein's got a lot to answer for, I think. Time has a claim to fame. Space-time's fourth dimension, to be sure it's a valid one, some things of will have to mention. One dimension is one direction. <laughs> um, so he's applying direction, but I don't think you can say it's one direction either. Because you've got width and length and height. But that could be anywhere in that space. Could be a, a, sh a chunk of it, or all of it. Uh, so why couldn't the width uh, start on the other end and come towards us, and also go from us to the other end of the dimension uh, the width something to form the dimension I think they're mixing up um, sci-fi with reality here so the next they'll be saying because you can go either direction in the woods you can go back in time which is nonsense because time is still moving forward Um, any other good ones here? SR and GR are geometric theories that provide no underlying mechanism behind their predictions. So that stands for general relativity. As such, they provide relationships between, between say, time and velocity. Yeah, well, time makes sense in velocity, because that's how you measure um how fast you're going right 
getting uh, taking less time to get there. But uh, sterile, sterile, and providing any understanding of anything beyond the geometry. What's this worth your time? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> um, what is light according to Einstein's theory? Einstein considered light a particle. Well, you might actually be right there. I might actually agree with that. <laughs> to explain is photoelectric effect. Uh, as we, when he concluded that no, no of ejected electrons doesn't depend on the intensity of light would be wave then due to uniformity of the wave no of electrons ejected should depend on intensity yeah. does that make any sense <laughs> um, i think he, einstein might be right there that light is a particle but it's uh, spinning uh, dense energy that's creating the electromagnetic wave. That's what I think. Proving it? Can't. <laughs> you can't prove it. Um, yes, as E equals MC squared is taken directly from F equals MA. <laughs> that's not wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> kickboxing uh, as time is uh, necessarily possible potential and actual my answer to this is true that the dimension of space are clearly balanced as e equal mc squared is taken directly from f equals ma <laughs> hey we've got john join us we got one person in the world. <laughs> one of eight billion. We should call you one of eight billion. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Yeah, it's not quite morning here of Sunday, but it's getting close. <laughs> Good morning to you. Head off shooting New Zealand. What? Ah, oh, heard of shooting. Ah, right. Yeah. Auckland, up in Auckland, where it's all crazy up there. It's just like, um, like New York up there. <laughs> where I'm in, in the city I'm in, it's like a count, uh, slow country town. <laughs> it is, it's a really sleepy, slow town, Christchurch. Um... Yeah, also uh, a Chinese woman, a real estate has gone missing in Christchurch. That's the biggest news. But uh, where she was knocked door knocking, um, I know there's some neo-Nazis that live there. I think she may have just knocked on the wrong door and uh, maybe been done with. They probably drove past, grabbed her, threw her in the car and took her off somewhere. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think she's been missing four days now. Uh, we had some neo-Nazis live at the back of us. They were 
crazy and dangerous and threatening. <laughs> uh, and of course, I was doing computer contracting, and the place where she was at was where um, I went to service a computer, and the guy was uh, wearing Nazi boots and uh, swastika and t-shirt and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, he was living with his dad, and his dad was proud of him. And I was there to fix the computer, as uh, you know, just self-employed, and get it, get the hell out of there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was sort of uneasy, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But there has been um, people abducted, Asian people, tourists on the west coast of New Zealand that disappeared. Turned out um, they got uh, picked up by these neo-Nazis and they beat them with the car iron to change the tyre. Pretty sad. Um, you think the, the Asian would have had a bit more sense though. Um, but anyway, he got killed and eventually I think they got caught out, left DNA, you know. But really, uh, New Zealand doesn't have any death penalty, so they have a nice cruisy life in jail for the rest of their lives. Even that might not be guaranteed. Some of these people get out in 20 years or less, don't they? Uh, said. Yeah, that's your fault for bringing up all the bad news in New Zealand at the moment. But yeah, normally when something like that happens, it's like big news in the whole country. You know, if someone goes missing, uh, we hear about it. <laughs> We're like like a small, small country town where in, everybody in New Zealand is looking out for each other. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <clears throat> so I hear for uh, Jimmy Dore show, right? Uh, New Zealand, it's not good for New Zealand's reputation, right? And the cops don't have guns over here. They don't carry them, carry them on. Uh, unlike uh, Australia. <laughs> Anyway, back on with the science stuff. Uh, I th this is what I think. This is the problem with humans, you know. So much um, hostility and hate. It's no wonder aliens don't want anything to do with us. Because uh, humans are unpredictable creatures, right? Especially if you're on substances. <laughs> you should know about that, John. <laughs> mm. Your little pool parties. Uh, yeah, I'd probably, probably never better drink alcohol again myself. <laughs> the test results I got back. My liver is under stress still. Um, my lever results come back almost suggest that I'm an alcoholic and <laughs> I hardly ever touch alcohol. Uh, they call it fatty liver. 
So I'm not sure if it was the meds I was on that's damaged it. But I don't think I've had a fatty liver before then. Uh, but yeah, plus I've lost weight. So, and hopefully you'll lose some more once we get back into summer. But um, yeah, I'm not sure how you can repair your liver. Um, but anyway, I feel okay now. And to what I was, I thought I was dying. I think the doctors almost killed me. <laughs> the men in black are out to get me. They try all all the haters uh, on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, heard. Uh, fatty liver. Yeah, I'm not sure. I understand it all. Haven't bothered look researching it. I heard, um, was it vitamin B or something? Maybe vitamin B. Anyway, if it was serious, the doctor would have um, probably phoned me up and talked to, to me on the phone. Yeah, he's pretty good like that. <laughs> he says, uh, last time I had like swollen feet, he thought I had a, and the blood test come back, said that I may have a blockage an an archery and he said get down to the overnight thing because it was in the weekend and we had to go to this overnight hospital at uh midnight because he, <laughs> he only just got the results then and he phoned me at like 11 p.m uh, he's a really good doctor <laughs> he says oh your blood test suggests that we better get you injected and thin your blood straight away <laughs> i said i feel okay though <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you, I don't know. I'm probably the one that has regular blood tests because it's been so crazy for the last couple of years. Um, I at least get one done every three months because um, that sort of gives them a indicator of it's getting worse or getting better, right? Anyway, better carry on as we never get through all this stuff again. Like I said. Um, you know, you could just die in your sleep and not know about it. Yeah, who's going to take take over from the Out There channel? There's not many of us left. <laughs> Don't die, ball. Yeah, well, some days I felt like uh, I was going to, though. Worse than Goofon. you probably seen Goofon talk about his health. <laughs> I see he's given up, uh, or trying to give up smoking. And... Uh, his uh, e-cigarette weed and buds and all that sort of stuff but i don't know if he'll be able to do it very few smokers can give up i find uh, most of them last a wee while and then they go back on they get temptation right but the problem i was having was um it's also mucking around with my hormones. Uh, my TSH was crazy. I think it's back to normal now, but it was making me like super hungry. The hormones make you super hungry. Anyway, better stop talking about me. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm getting better anyway, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is um, where we teach and uh, show people stuff here. Hopefully, 
enough people will learn the science of technology and apply it to UFO videos like I do. Um, can't just have Mick West. <laughs> Mick West won't be around forever either. Uh, you need more people looking at videos. I suppose MUFON sort of do it. Um, they've got a couple of experts here. But I wouldn't think uh, Mark D... Um, D um, uh, what's his name? Mark D'Antonio is really as good as they claim. After seeing some of the stuff he did on uh, Proofers Out There, right? Uh, stuff that um, he should know about, you know. He should actually, you know, obviously he's not following the UFO topic like we are. As he would know about uh, the Puerto Rico um, two heart-shaped lanterns, right, being the solution there. And also the other one, which was internal lens reflection for the turkey one. He didn't have a clue on that one. And also on that, um, what was that other place? Uh, Costa Rica one. Where it looked like a, a flying saucer, right? But it couldn't be. <laughs> it's a bit like this one here that I was talking about earlier. Um, it looks like a real object, but it's not. Uh, this one here. It's a bit like that. So if you get the sun at an extreme angle, it can actually reflect off any parts in the camera. In this case, it's reflecting off the lens, right? It can, and it looks like a, a cloaking UFO with some sort of strange black bit on the top. <laughs> Shooting off a multi-spectrum colored uh, beam of light. But yeah, if you watch that video, I explain how it's created uh, and the technical aspect of it. But uh, I'll leave you to watch that when you've got time. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any more. I need to talk about space time here. You can see um, not everyone agrees on it, especially me. <laughs> Because it doesn't sort of make sense, you know. Um, we know EM, E equals MC is looking correct. Whether it is correct is another thing. We know, we know that atom bombs um, work by splitting the atom and releasing all the energy. So we've got mass um, being ripped apart to create a lot of energy. But it, to, me, to me, it seems the same thing, though, because matter is dense energy. So saying energy equals dense energy at the speed of light. I'm pretty sure someone will come out with something better than Einstein did at some time. What might not be in our lifetime. I think once we get into space and start um, landing on planets and have more scientists out there exploring, documenting and figuring out stuff. I think then, only then will we progress. Um, 
be interesting though, I think it might be possible if we can get fusion power working, because then they might be able to keep improving it and then scale it down. Like make it the size of a refrigerator like and stick it in a spaceship and have a multiple of them all generating lots of power that you can create um thrust with because you've got endless power supply uh, power then how would you create thrust though in space you need some sort of like explosive uh, gas coming up the back right <laughs> and it pushes pushes you along I know they talked about doing it with uh, fusion, fission reaction, I mean. Uh, called the D-alias or something like that, I think it was called. I was going to talk about it at high school as a project. Uh, Fission-powered spacecraft. So, let's see if there's anything out there. And talking about fusion, didn't I type fission? Uh, did I spell it wrong? No, uh, maybe I have. <laughs> fission, is that the one? Why don't we use fission fusion power? Because we haven't got it yet. <laughs> we want fission nuclear power. Oh, it's got double S there. New nuclear engine concept could help realize three months. Here we go. That was back in 2020. Uh, three months trips to Mars. So we we're talking about that before where the AI was saying um, there were some theories that you could get there in three months uh, moving at close to the speed of light. Was it 800? No, no. Uh, it wasn't speed of light. 800,000 miles per hour or something. Still quite fast. So it looks like some blog here. That's Yahoo News or something. That's no good. Looks like a scraper. A web scraper. <clears throat> Project Longshot Design. We haven't even got fusion power reactors going, so why are they talking about it? Lockheed Clean's breakthrough on fusion back in 2014 and we're still what another seven years on still hasn't happened <laughs> oh here's one that's got a nuclear thing but how does it work it must create a chain reaction at the back of it pushes it along how would you do it with that fusion power though Maybe you have to do another topic on that one. Do some research on it a bit better and uh, bring up all the different tabs on it. 
Let's see. Yeah, they're talking about fusion power on these ones. Uh, what have we got here? Nozzle. Fission. Yeah, it's got fission on that one. So how does that work? How would you contain it though? So it's still using liquid hydrogen here. Yeah, it looks like it's in Spanish. Need a better diagram than that to explain it better. There doesn't seem to be anything on it. That's all the images we got. That's pretty bad. Nuclear thermal propulsion. Well, that's one on Reddit. That's uh, US military is getting serious about nuclear thermal propulsion, are they? It looks like 2001 spaceship, is it? <laughs> was that a nuclear one, was it? I don't know. How's it doing it? Looks like it's shooting... Shooting the pallets or something into space and igniting them. And then the shock wave pushes it along. Now, if aliens were doing that, you'd see them coming, wouldn't you? You'd see that big pulse in every certain minutes, right? Uh, what have we got here? That's complicated. Is that a heat shield? Uh, that, remember I was talking about you'd have to have some sort of shield in front for all the m m uh, micrometeorites else it would be destroying the craft as you're speeding through space. So it, look, it looks like the expanded umbrella they're using there which yeah, probably would do it wouldn't it? Have to be like Kef Kefla or something like that so it just impacts and sort of Slows it down a bit like a trampoline or something, maybe. Uh, we haven't got anything written there. Is it a link to a link, is it? No. Oh, you have to join to read it, do you? Hmm. That's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's got join up there. Anyway, it's worth a quick look. And there was another one called Delius or something like that. Vandalithius. <laughs> Spacecraft. I wonder if. I'm not sure how you spell it now. Dandelions. <laughs> uh, could be. Dandelions, what is it's got spacecraft there? 
What is it? Coming along, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going to have to zoom in a bit because of my eyes. Uh, soft opening of Wolfpack. Space Hub's new facility. Okay, so it's not the thing I was thinking of. That's kind of weird. Remember, was it Biglow? Had a blow-up um, module for the space station. I suppose they might even use them on Mars or Moon, right? So you can pack it quite a lot into a nose cone of a SpaceX and then it sort of inflates itself like a lifeboat and it creates a livable area inside. Uh, I did cover it maybe a year ago. Um, blow up space module. I think it was Bigelow. There we go. Blow up space modules. <laughs> it's a good idea. And I think they need something like that for greenhouses. Have like a cylinder that blows up and it's all clear plastic. And that way you don't have to build anything, you just anchor it down like a tent and just grow stuff in it. That would be really cool. Yeah. A cheaper space station from Bigelow. <laughs> yeah, but is he going to go in it himself? That might be an inside of it there, I guess. Uh, is that the same thing? Yeah, inflatable international space station. How would you get all the stuff in there? You'd have to fill it up after. <laughs> Shrink wrap it and <laughs> yeah, keep on going. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that guy, Steve's mate. What a scumbag that guy is, too. Anyway, uh, where's the start of it gone? I'll probably be doing that with Robert. As well as Roswell and uh, nuclear silos. We'll see how much we can do anyway. Come Monday or Sunday night, midnight, uh, when Robert wants to do shows <laughs> on unsociable hours for the UK people anyway. It's good for me because it'd be my lunch hour almost. Um, yeah, so I don't know if there's much more on this. There must be a reason I got it though. Maybe just to talk about it, maybe. I've, I've had it like sitting here for months. <laughs> so I was going to do something with it. Uh, no, but then no theory. Einstein says anything about vibration of mountains. <laughs> Do mountains vibrate according to Einstein's theory? <laughs> oh dear. Is Einstein's theory of fourth dimension incorrect space time dimensions? I think it is. 
Yes, space time is not a thing. Space is just volume, whatever it contains. Yeah, exactly. Volume is completely described by three axes dimensions. There is no fourth axis of uh, uh, what's that one? Orthogonal to volume. Orthogonal. What the hell word is that? Time is just a concept about the duration of any specified movement or anything through space or anything like a clock oscillating at a certain rate. It has been called the fourth dimension, but this is a literal usage of the word dimension. The dimension of the concept there is no hyperspace as imagined by non uh, Euclidians, is it? And sci fi fans. No fourth uh, spatial dimension as falsely claimed. <laughs> so there you go. Like I said, there's a lot of people that don't agree with it. And I think he's rationalized it, right? Time only just moves forward. And if you can move faster through that uh, volume, then it takes less time to get to the other end. That's all. But yeah, they're relating it to obviously bent space and all that sort of stuff, and that's what explains gravity, blah, blah, blah. And they keep saying it's proven when it really isn't. Um, as we talked about last live show on this, time is dimension not exactly like the three dimensions. Well, time is separate from volume, isn't it? Just like the last guy said. Uh, and the three space dimensions you can travel through them and return to the exact point yep <laughs> time dimension you can never return the time you started from exactly so they are not the same in all respects but people like jack's uh safati <laughs> jack in the box uh, he believes in time travel Uh, that depends on what you are calling dimensions. There are only four dimensions that are numeric variables that make up space-time. Uh, you travel through all four in finite time. So again, the missing a rivet again. <laughs> All other dimensions are imaginary. <laughs> well, so is time. It's only a construct for our brains. Like I said uh, earlier, if we were asleep with no clocks available and woke up, we wouldn't know what time, what time how long we slept for. If space and time are only one dimension of space-time, then why do each of space and time have quantum levels? <laughs> oh no! This is, sounds like alien scientist stuff. Uh, as they would make them unique, yet operate in a relative way. So we've got a little UFO bouncing up and down, have we? 
space is a big trampoline of fun. Space. If space and time are only one dimension of space-time, then why do each of space and time have quantum levels? As that would make them unique, distinct, yet operate in relative way, but distinct in the first place. A lot of gobbledygook. Now he's going to try and explain it. Okay. The term space-time and dimension need to be clearly revised. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that helps us any. <laughs> or that. <laughs> yeah, that really helps solve the solution there. Dimension is a measurement along one axis of an object that is not a supernatural. And does space contain the dimension of time in it? The dimension of time is not understood as being contained within space. Nope. So, in that space, if there was no humans, there wouldn't be any time, would there? Because <laughs> it's a imaginary construct of humans. It's like, uh, does a does a tree in a forest that falls down make a sound even if you're not there to hear it well logically it should be, it should do but <laughs> say if the tree fell down um well i suppose it would have to make sound regardless if it fell down on water it still make a splash Yeah, it's like one of those uh, thinking theory things, isn't it? So time has to exist, and it's always moving forward. But if you're not there to see it <laughs> or think it, it's still still moving forward. Oh, was the, st the stars are still rotating around in that space, so there has to be a time for it to move from point A to point B. So time has to exist. But that, uh, uh, that star is not going to spin in the opposite direction going back from where it come, because time only moves forward. That's how I rationalise it. Uh, you can see this just goes on and on and on. Did Einstein say there is no such thing as absolute time and space? If so, why? They are both the weirdest things. Time always seems to be passing at the same rate. Yep. No matter who, where, or when. But time passes more slowly as your toes... Eh? at your toes passes more slowly at your toes than at your nose <laughs> down to the direction in which time passes more slowly now nah, this is where they got it all wrong time is time is time this is because they're mixing up the speed of light with it now this is where it's all wrong 
Your GPS system only works. What else is he going to say here? Yeah, it's all dimmed. Because Einstein's GR and SR into account. What the hell is he talking about? The GPS satellites are going much faster than you. So time is passing more slowly for them. No! Time is still the same if you're in space or on the ground. This is where it's all wrong. I don't agree with that at all. They're moving faster than us because they're in orbit and we're but we're moving constantly at a thousand miles per hour on the surface of Earth, right? Give or take elevation, of course. And if you're moving with it. Uh, yeah, this is these people are just crazy, some of them. Uh, what was that guy saying? That crap? Probably a PhD, was it? <laughs> Science speaker, <laughs> there you go, in 280 schools, the universe and everything, 2002 present, what the hell does that even mean? Corrupting young minds with that nonsense, okay, was Einstein's theory rejected? <laughs> Lorenz Einstein Herbert theories about special and generality cannot be rejected because it's implicit in Maxwell's equations and consistent. So if they can't get rid of it because everything then all falls to bits. Consequently, inherent in the dynamical principle in the sense that such equations reflects the matter vacuum interaction. Some interpretations may be rejected, but the mathematics of theory not. <laughs> uh, they're so stuck on their mass, right? Different approaches of the mentioned physicists led to the same equations. Einstein's approach is the latest phenomenological one. <laughs> it's entirely centered on postulates and principles. The other approaches are more conclusive with regard to origin of these postulates and principles. Ah, gobbledygook. Former independent research. <laughs> uh, where's he from? Ogyaba. Sounds like uh, somewhere in uh, Europe, is it? Time Traveller. Oh, this one might be good. Worked at Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineering. Hey, me too. <laughs> At uh, university. Uh, the university's mathematical space-time coordinate system needs four dimensions to properly calculate problems using realistic, uh, realistic mathematics. Relativity, I think he's trying to, what it says there. And there will be errors. Damn right there will be. <laughs> Relativity and space-time physics and relativistic <laughs> triogamy, tri trigonometry. Ah, 
what words. <laughs> so yeah, we can go through all these guys talking about it. I oh, know we've got one of the spaceships here. Well, we sure can't seem to find any variance in off the speed of light in a vacuum. Although that's been questioned, isn't it? Um, some reckon it can even slow down. That's what the redshift is, isn't it? Um, but I've heard that certain crystals, um, they reckon it speeds up. So I don't know if... Might be another research topic on that one to see what some are saying about it. So another one there, B BH, Bachelor of Science. I think no, as space-time is one thing and space and time are not separate entities. Time is just our way of describing motion through space exactly but space dimensions aren't really physical things either mass light and energy are what makes things physical well i think energy and mass are the same thing and light electromagnetic energy energy and dense energy but anyway can't dwell too much on that. If you want to go and read through all that one, that's a, a big list there. <laughs> you can see um, people having problems with it. And me too. Space time. Oh man, I'm not sure if you can hear. Oh, it's not going to let us send it, is it? Too damn long. All that crap they put on the end. Let's see, does that work if I get rid of that? Probably. And you can try it out if you want. <laughs> um, has it come up? Yeah. You didn't see what it was doing though. Because I'm on the other screen, but... It's easier for me to do it on the other screen to post it than on this one. Moving on to the next one. The Big Bang didn't happen. Back to the Big Bang again. So, what do the James Webb images really show? So, this has been ongoing now with new stuff coming out all the time. <laughs> That's sort of contradicting things. And it's sort of making everybody panic. Man, it's loud, even through the headset here. Uh, let's just bring up the camera and show you. As if the cameras are still going. I hope water doesn't get into because I still haven't managed to do a sky watching one because we all got crap weather. Uh, it looks like it's all working, but you can see the lens is uh, covered. Uh, this one's in the most open area. So it's the best camera though. This one is in the corner of the house and uh, that one seems to be okay covered. 
Uh, this is the one that got water inside. And hopefully my silicon uh, gel stuff I, I did around around it as and finally stopped water getting in there. <laughs> um, it's hard to know until we see some sun again and see if it all dries up. But there is a strange smudge on the lens. I think I may have got some silicon gel on the outer edge of the lens. So I have to maybe check that out again and see if, see if I can rub it down with some isopropyl. Uh, but it's not too bad. It's a, it looks like there's a, a little bit dirty mark there and a dirty mark there inside the lens, which will be there for life unless I break it open. That'll be soot in the water or something like that from smog that got in there. But yeah, this one's really getting hosed. Can't see much out of that one. Hopefully water doesn't get inside that one. That's also the same camera as the other one got water inside. Yeah. Bit hard to tell when it's foggy like this where the water's got inside because it hasn't got a defined shape and that one has you see looks like a little ufo there another ship <laughs> That one looks like it's definitely on the lens. I think it looks pretty good. I think I might have solved that one. But it looks like we've got 10 days of rain, <laughs> according to the weather forecast. But yeah, you might be able to hear it. I don't know if the noise cancellation is getting rid of it, uh, but it's pretty bad outside, as you can see on the camera before. Uh, back to the Big Bang. So this is 11th of August 2022, uh, where we got the President and Chief Scientist. <laughs> the Big Bang Hypothesis, with st uh, which states the universe has been expanding since the beginning, uh, the, uh, since it began 14 billion years ago. Well, this has now been doubled. <laughs> with the James Watts new discoveries of galaxies, but we'll get to that article in a minute. Uh, in the hot and dense state, it's is, is contradicted by the new James Webb Space Telescope images. And it still is. <laughs> to everyone who sees them, the new James Watt Telescope images of the cosmos are beautifully awe-spiring. But to most professional astronomers and cosmologists, they are also extremely surprising. <laughs> Not at all what was predicted by theory. In the flood of technical astronomical papers published online since June 12, uh, the authors reported, report again and again that the images show surprisingly many galaxies, galaxies that are surprisingly smooth, surprisingly small and surprisingly old lots of surprises and not necessarily pleasant ones 
one paper's title begins with the candidate uh, exclamation of panic. Why do James Watt images inspire panic among cosmologists? Because the world is, the sky is fallen. (laughs) And what theory predictions are they contradicting? The papers don't actually say. The truth that these papers don't report is that the hypothesis that the James Watt images are blatantly and repeatedly contradicting is the Big Bang hypothesis that the universe began 14 billion years ago uh, in an incredible hot, dense state and began expanding ever since. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't that just sound like a bogus gobbler, doesn't it? And maybe I was talking about the last live show, uh, the AI was saying there wasn't a cosmic center of where this, uh, where it started expanding from, which has got to be totally wrong. Uh, since the hypothesis has been defended for decades as <laughs> unquestionable truth by the vast variety of cosmology t- theorists, that's all they are though, uh, the new data is causing these uh, theorists to panic. <laughs> Yeah, they need to get on spaceships and get out there and do some real science instead of theorizing. Right now, I find myself lying awake at three in the morning, says Alison Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Not the Kirkpatrick we know in Uf- UFO land, I guess. An astronomer at the University of Kansas. Okay, what else we got here? The delusions of cosmology. <laughs> Was there more? It seems, seems like it's a wee bit short, doesn't it? It's not too complicated to explain why these too small, too smooth, too old, and too numerous galaxies. I guess this is carrying on. Looks like it might be another chapter. I don't know are completely incompatible with the Big Bang hypothesis. Let's begin with uh, too small. If the universe expanded, a strange optical illusion must exist. Galaxies or any other objects in the expanding space do not continue to look smaller and smaller with increasing distance. Do not? Ah, right, they're saying that's what they're saying. Beyond a certain point, they start looking larger and larger. This is because their light is supposedly supposed to have left them when they were closer to us. So it's radiant, radiant outwards. So it's going to look bigger. Is that what they're saying? This is in sharp contrast to ordinary, non-expanded space where objects look smaller in proportion to their distance. Maybe the idea that light's actually wrong. Put another way, the galaxies that the James Watt shows are just the same size as the galaxies near us. Assuming that the universe is not expanding and redshift is proportional to distance. Smaller and smaller is exactly what the James Watt images show. Even galaxies with greater 
luminosity and mass than our own Milky Way galaxy appear in these images to be two to three times smaller than in similar images observed with the Hubble telescope. And the new galaxies have redshifts which are also two to three times greater. This is not at all what is expected with the expanding universe, but is exactly what I and me, my colleagues, Richardo, <laughs> no, not the Richard, Rich Gufon, <laughs> no, not that one, uh, Scipia, predicted based on a non-expanding universe with redshift proportional to distance. So this is a guy that's opposed to the Big Bang bollocks. Starting in 2014, we had already published results based on HST images that showed the galaxies with redshifts all the way up to 5 matched the expectation of non-expanding ordinary space. So we were confident that James Watt would show the same thing, which it already has for galaxies having redshifts as high as 12. Put another way, the galaxies that the James Watt shows are just the same size as the galaxies near us. If it is assumed that the universe is not expanding and redshift is proportional to distance. Uh, dark matter doesn't exist. Oh no! <laughs> but from the standpoint of the Big Bang, expanding universe hypothesis, these distance galaxies must be intrinsically uh, extremely tiny to compensate for the hypothesized optical illusion. <laughs> Uh, what, a, what a mouthful that was, implausibly tiny. One galaxy noted in the papers called GHZ2 is far more luminous than the Milky Way, yet is calculated to be only 300 light years in radius, 150 times smaller than the radius of our Milky Way. Its surface brightness, brightness per unit area, would be 600 times that of the brightest galaxy in the local universe. Its density and of several other galaxies in the new images would be tens of thousands of times that of the present day galaxies. Tiny and smooth galaxy means no expansion and thus no Big Bang. <laughs> Big Bang theorists have known for years from the HST images that their assumptions uh, necessitate the existence of these tiny, ultra-dense, mighty mouse galaxies. James Watts has made the problem uh, far worse. The same theorists have speculated the tiny galaxies grow up into present-day galaxies by colliding with each other, merging to become more spread out. So, looks like they keep changing the rules <laughs> and uh, adding in new bits and pieces to explain it away to keep the same model, right? An analogy to this hypothetical merger process would be to imagine a magical toy car a centimetre long that uh, nonetheless weighs as much as a SUV and grows into a real SOU by colliding with many other toy cars. Uh, looks like we've got a little video there to demonstrate it, does it? 
I won't play it though. Big Bang goes the Big Bang. Bang goes the Big Bang, I mean. <laughs> Uh, Roger, John, and Laura. But the J James Watt has shot through this far out scenario as well. If you could believe the toy car story, you would at least expect some fender dents in the colliding cars. And the Big Bang theorists did expect to see badly mangled galaxies scrambled by many collisions or mergers. Mm, that makes sense. And what James Watts actually showed was overwhelmingly smooth disk and neat spiral forms. Just as we see in today's galaxies, the, the data in the Panic article showed that smooth spiral galaxies were about 10 times as numerous as what the theory had predicted. And this would challenge our ideas about mergers being a very common process. In plain language, this data utterly destroys the merger theory. Uh, with few or no mergers, there is no way tiny galaxies could grow to be 100 times bigger. Therefore, they were not tiny to begin with, and thus the optical illusion predicted from the expanded use, uh, universe hypothesis does not exist. But no... Illusion means no expansion. The illusion is an unavoidable prediction from expansion. Thus, the panic among Big Bang supporters, tiny and smooth galaxies, means no expansion, thus no Big Bang. Since nothing could have originated before the Big Bang, the existence of these galaxies demonstrates that the Big Bang did not occur. Too old and too many galaxies mean the same thing. James Watt uses many different filters to take its images in the infrared part of the spectrum. Thus, it can thus it can see the colours of the distant galaxy. This, in turn, allows astronomers to estimate the age of the stars in these galaxies because young, hot stars are blue in colour, and older, cooler stars like our sun are yellow or red in colour. According to the Big Bang Theory, most distant galaxies in the James Watt images are seen as they were only 400 to 500 million years ago after the origin of the universe. Yet already some of the galaxies have shown stellar population that are over a billion years old. Since nothing could have originated before the Big Bang, the assistance of these galaxies demonstrates the Big Bang did not occur. So another nail in the coffin there. Just as there must be no galaxies older than the Big Bang, if the Big Bang hypothesis was valid, so theorists expected that as uh, James Watt looked out further in space and back in time, there would be fewer and fewer galaxies and eventually none. The dark age in the cosmos, but a paper to be published in Nature demonstrates that galaxies are massive and the Milky Way are common even a few hundred million years after the hypothesized bang. Uh, the authors state that the new images show that there are at least 100,000 times as many galaxies as theorists predicted at redshifts more than 10.
There is no way that so many large galaxies can generate it in so little time. So again, no Big Bang. <laughs> Sounds quite logical reasoning what he's saying here though, isn't it? Uh, well, Big Bang theories were, theorists I mean, were shocked and panicked by these new results. Ricardo and I and a few others were not. In fact, a week before the James Watt images were released, we published online a paper that detailed accurately what the image would show. We could do this with confidence because more and more data of all kinds has been contradicting the Big Bang hypothesis for years. The widely publicized crisis in cosmology has drawn general attention to the failed predictions of the Big Bang hypothesis for the Hubble constant relating redshift to distance. But our papers published over the past decades have pointed to far more contradictions each individually acknowledged by other researchers mm. but based on the published literature right now the big bang makes 16 wrong predictions and only one right one <laughs> the abundance of deuterium and isotype of hydrogen so he's going to explain it here i suppose Helium far too low in local stars. Okay, I'm not sure uh, what that all means exactly. The Big Bang prediction of the abundance of helium is off by a factor of two. The prediction for the abundance of lithium is off by a factor of 20. Mm, that's quite a big one. <laughs> In addition to the absence of the larger, more distant optical illusion, there is also the existence of large-scale structures too big to have formed in times since the Big Bang. Wrong predictions for the density of matter in the universe as well, knowing the symmetries in the cosmic microwave background that should not exist according to theory. There are many more contradictions in Early Joy published two comprehensive papers summarizing the situation based on the published literature right now. The Big Bang makes 16 wrong predictions. How long does this go on for? It's pretty, pretty conclusive here. <laughs> uh, readers may well be wondering at this point why they have not read of this collapse of the Big Bang hypothesis. Yeah mainstream media <laughs> in the major media outlets by now and why the authors of so many recent papers have not pointed to this collapse themselves the answer lies in what i term the emperor's new clothes effect if anyone questions the big bang they are labeled stupid <laughs> and unfit for their jobs unfortunately funding for cosmology comes from a very few government sources controlled by a handful of committees that are dominated by Big Bang theorists. These theories have spent their lives building the Big Bang theory. Those who openly question the theory simply don't get funded. Yep, I've heard that said many times. Uh, it has now become almost impossible to publish paper Papers critical of the Big Bang in any astronomical journals. 
until the past few years, if researchers could self-fund cosmology research as a sideline, as uh, as the case with me, they still could publish theoretical papers, although those papers were often ignored by cosmology establishment. As recently as 2018, the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, a leading journal, published one of my papers showing how the sizes of the galaxies contradicted the Spanish universe idea. But as the crisis in cosmology became obvious in 2019, the cosmological establishment has circled the wagons to protect this failed theory with censorship. <laughs> Uh, because it now has no other defense. That's probably, if I'm reading this out, this episode's probably going to be suppressed as well. <laughs> it has now become almost impossible to publish papers critical of the Big Bang in any astronomical journals. An anonymous senator editor, senior editor, I mean, rejected my survey papers, writing, there are many journals which would be interested in publishing a well-argued synthesis of existing evidence against the standard hot Big Bang interpretation uh, but with the focus on publication of significant new astronomical results is not one of them. The replies from several other journals were similar. Such censorship is now as always in what's that? Inimical and amical of to the progress of science. Two dozen researchers in astrophysics, astronomy and space science have signed a letter of protest. I've personally called on leading Big Bang theorists to openly debate the new evidence for cosmology as for any research area to advance the debate must happen openly in both scientific journals and public media. To use fusion energy, the power that drives the universe and gives light to the sun and all the stars, we need to understand the processes that drive cosmology evolution. So we were looking at that with the AI bots last live stream, remember? Uh, these scientific questions matter in the here and now. Over decades, scientists starting with physics, Noble, uh, whatever it is, Hayes, blah, 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 has shown if the Big Bang hypothesis is thrown out, the evolution of cosmos and the phenomenon that we observe today, like the cosmic microwave background, can be explained using the physical process we have served in the laboratory. Uh, especially the electromagnetic processes of plasmas. <laughs> we're talking about plasma. Plasma is the, the electrically conducting gas that makes up nearly all matter that we see in space, in the stars, and in space between the stars. Only Hubble redshift relationship would still need some new physical process to explain the loss of energy as light travels huge distances. One of the key processes in plasmas that Alfvin, Alfvin, I don't know, is that how you say his name? Alvin, Alvin, and his uh, colleagues identified, at which 
has been studied for 50 years is plasma filamentation. This is a process by which electrical currents and the magnetic fields they create draw plasma into the latency system of filaments uh, that we see at all scales in the universe from the aurorae, auroras, aurora, uh, aurora. I've not heard of the RAE on the end, but anyway, in the Earth's atmosphere to the solar corona to galactic spiral arms, even the clusters of galaxies. Together with gravitational forces, plasma uh, filamentation is one of the basic processes in the formation of planets, stars, galaxies, and structures at all scales. Uh, the process of plasma filamentation is also key to enormously important effort to develop fusion energy here on Earth. To use fusion energy, the power that drives the universe and gives light to the sun and stars, we need to understand the processes that drive cosmic evolution, just as the Wright brothers developed the airplane by studying how birds controlled their flight. So today we can only control the ultra-hot plasma with fusion reactors, reactions, I mean, occur by studying how plasmas have all at all scales in cosmos how they behave in all scales in cosmos we need to imitate nature not try to fight it well this guy seems to write pretty well doesn't he he makes a lot of sense uh, How long is that going for though? It's got no scroll bar on this. Unless I turn that off, it'll probably show up here. So we're down to there. Oh, we just got to the end. Was, <laughs> and there we got later comments. There'd be a lot of people debating that. Oh, I'll just read out the rest of it then. Fusion energy. Where do we get to? Well, many researchers have been funded to study these processes on the scale of the sun and solar system work on larger scales have been hobbled by the straight <laughs> sneezes <laughs> straight jacket of the big bang hypothesis which has diverted hundreds of thousands of talented researchers into fertile fertile calculations of imaginary entities like dark matter and dark energy yeah doesn't mean he's uh, totally right here though um if uh, aliens and all that turns out to be true uh, how we they're going to have to have something more than plasma just to travel large distances in the universe, right? But then... Um, if they're traveling large distances through a portal... Um, I suppose it could come from plasma, couldn't it? All the energy. But how is the question. 
Maybe the answer's not black and white here again, but in the grey, right? The grey area. Maybe this guy's mostly right, and maybe the Big Bang's mostly wrong. But maybe there is still something missing. The paranormal side of things, as I call it. Uh, stuff that hasn't been uh, taken as serious you know, as paranormal. I mean, obviously it happens. We see it happen on videos and strange things happen on videos now as the technology is improving. That has to be explained. Um, What's it? Um, Ghost Adventures just had an episode on where you see a door slam shut. Now, either they're faking it or some un uh, unknown force with energy slammed that door shut and it was in, inside a building so but again they didn't go in and show you there was no windows and any other thing in that built but in that room so i don't know it could have been faked who knows but we'd have to trust them that they're not faking it this is a whole problem with paranormal side of things right But yeah, like I said, I was in a kitchen one one day, and uh, the doorknob turned and the door opened and no one was there. <laughs> and another night, I was sitting there at three o'clock in the morning. I, I got woken up for some reason, and I think I had low sugars. And I was sitting on the chair eating a biscuit and some milk or whatever. And the door opened up wider. <laughs> it was it wasn't shut, but it just opened up wider. And this really cool blast of air went uh, right behind me. Uh, it was kind of creepy, but anyway. Uh, so you got personal experiences, you know. But um, again, I didn't have my cameras back then to document it because that would have been really cool to see that door open. It's funny how I don't get freaked out too much though, isn't it? You know, I finish off my biscuit and go back to bed. <laughs> so we got a Asian guy here, Jun Oaks or whatever his name is. <laughs> I think the Big Bang Theory is wrong because the existence of blue shifted galaxies. On the other hand, I have doubts about nuclear fusion. Have theories shown that the nature has stored usable energy in hydrogen atoms, or have the experiments show that there is that there is a unstable energy in light elements? See, so yeah, I was looking at this in the last live as well. I was not saying where's all the energy coming from? You know, when when the atoms are split and the energy. Uh, has to come from somewhere and then uh, I think there's more to it now we're seeing the atom bombs as they split atoms and it creates a lot of energy immense energy from not too much um, material which is quite interesting and it means there's a lot of energy now let's see how much 
I probably should use the jet, uh, AI. How much uh, material is needed for uh, 20 megaton uh, fission bomb? Probably be banned. It's probably think I'm a terrorist or something. <laughs> Like the jet GPT thought when I was talking about people freezing in space, it refused to talk to me. Uh, I know they've got to enrich certain melt. Let's see. Enriched to 90% uranium 235. Simple gun type weapon. Does that mean a bullet size? What's it mean by that? 90 to 100 pounds. 40 to 50 kilograms. But it doesn't say uh, what energy is released here. Protonium, protonium sophisticated implosion weapon, 9 to 12 kgs. So it's even less. Simple implosion, 6 kgs. Sophisticated implosion weapon, 2 to 4 kgs. What's that one? Uh, same. But it doesn't say what energy. What is the blast radius of 20 mega? Boom, boom. Okay. All three produce blasts of about 20 megatons or about 1,000 times as strong as the Trinity bomb. A bomb of the strength would incinerate everything within three square miles so that's pretty small to it the latest ones right how many tons are really needed to build a nuclear bomb 25 kilograms so that's not much really is it and 55 pounds what's that equivalent to um, a dozen coke bottles is it one and a half liters so it's pretty small isn't it little box anyway and you get all that energy from it Uh, what else we got here? Uh, we got anyone with us still? <laughs> it's going to be a bit too technical for most of you out there probably. Siri uh, watching, that's alright. <laughs> I expected uh, John not to last. Because <laughs> um, I don't believe those stats. There'll probably be one or two there. Uh, let's see. Anything else here? I might just no. That's it. I just that was a really good article. I thought that's probably why I bookmarked it. Um, sixteen problems with big bang. 
I guess that'll do. <laughs> Uh, how are we going for time? This feels like I'm, like I'm taking ages on this. <laughs> so, um, now we got the fact checkers trying to debunk it all right. But that was a really good article. I don't think... Um, coming up to two hours already. Okay. Damn. Mm. Hearing that ring from my headset and that makes me want to go to the toilet. So I might just uh, have a little break while I go to the toilet and then carry on from here. Just kick that one off. Back to it. Yeah, the ammunition would have finished before I got back. Images from the James Watt telescope do not disprove the Big Bang Theory. That's not what we just read. Yeah, so let's see. Cause, um, we don't trust fact checkers. Mostly false. Um, the fact checkers are often biased, and we we have proven that some of the fact checking has been totally wrong, especially in the politics, like uh, the word hunter and laptop. <laughs> Tiny and small galaxies means no expansion and thus no Big Bang. Alright, so... The Big Bang Theory currently is the most popular model. Still a theory. We have for the birth of our universe observations on 
the expanding universe as well as observation of cosmic background radiation, Fringren electromagnetic radiation from the Big Bang have helped back this theory. However, rumours have spread on the internet that the newly released images from James Watt somehow suggest the Big Bang is wrong. We find this claim to be most, mostly false. Although the speculative images from the James Watt may have surprised scientists and how they might change theories <laughs> of the galaxy form formation, they by no means negate the Big Bang theory. Much of the argument stems from an article by Eric Lerner, author of the book The Big Bang Never Happened. Lerner's article published in AYA1 News argues that new James Webb telescope images contradict the Big Bang hypothesis. Um, Lerner appears to suggest that the distant galaxy seen in the images are older than the Big Bang theory would allow since they seemed to resemble fully formed galaxies. However, the data from James Watt suggests the galaxies form more quickly than we think, not that they are necessarily contain elements from before the Big Bang or that the universe is not expanded. The observation of these well-formed galaxies at such an early time does not debunk a theory what is well supported as the Big Bang. Lerner also cherry-picks quotes from astronomer Alison Kirkpatrick. So this is the article we just read, right? Uh, he said in an article published in Nature, Right now I find myself lying awake at 3 in the morning wondering if everything I've done is wrong. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Kirkpatrick uh, has since explained that she was reading, reacting in awe of what astronomers have learnt from the first James Watt images, not as proof as astronomers panicking that the Big Bang Theory has been debunked. Uh, hang on, isn't that just medicine words here? Right now, I find myself awake at 3 in the morning when everything I've done is wrong. Yeah, it seems to me like they're switching words around here. Quick pictures just the images from James Watt support the Big Bang model because they show us the early galaxies were different than the galaxies we see today. They were much smaller. This common misconception that redshift proves the galaxies are speeding away from us. They aren't. Distant galaxies aren't speeding through space. Space itself is expanding, putting greater distance between us. It's a subtle difference, but it means that galaxy galactic redshift is caused by cosmic expansion, not relative motion. Also, isn't it the same thing though? <laughs> if you're blowing up a balloon, if you blow it up faster or slower, that, that, that dot on the surface of the balloon is going to expand faster away from the so-called center, which they don't believe exists, <laughs> expanding away from the other dots on the balloon as well. Again, they're just um, playing with 
words here, I think. Um, it's caused by cosmic expansion, not relative motion. Also means distant galaxies appear a bit larger than they would in a static universe. They are distant and tiny, but the expansion of space gives the illusion of them being larger. As a result, the surface brightness of distant galaxy dims only proportionally to redshift. Uh, former NASA scientists who worked with the agency's Kepler mission responds to the article questioning the Big Bang hypothesis. In short, the evidence is still overwhelming in favour of a hot Big Bang as the origin of the universe. There are many pieces of evidence that come together to motivate this model. If the Big Bang were to be wrong, it would not likely be wrong for the reasons described, and it's not wrong because of any observations from James Watt. Well, the origins of the model stem from observation of expansion of the universe from galaxy redshifts, the Hubble law. Most of the detailed evidence for Big Bang comes from the very early universe, the relative abundance of light elements and the properties of cosmic wave background. Uh, the processes that make made these occur within the first half million years of the Big Bang. The James Watt images are looking at galaxies as they were a half billion or more years after the Big Bang, a factor of 1,000 later in time. There is much more uncertainty of how galaxies form and how the first stars form, which are a very complicated process that involve lots of different physical effects than there is about the first 500,000 years which was a relatively simple hot plasma of hydrogen <coughs> and helium ions, and therefore it was similar to conditions in the core of the sun. So, <coughs> does it really uh, counteract what the guy says? I don't think so. Anyway, on to the next, next uh, tab. So that's why I have argument versus the modern science narrative there for comparison, for balance. As I said before, I don't think it's black and white, but somewhere in between, I think all people are wrong. <laughs> and... They need to get out in space and start to do real science work instead of theorizing. But it will happen in time, I guess. Fact checker. But I don't trust uh, fact checking sites. Don't know about you, but I certainly don't. Why did it do that? On to the next tab. Uh, right, onto something else with plasma. Plasma shields formed by spacecraft 
affect nearby electrons and ion trajectories. Okay, so uh, what's this one about? Uh, it'll be a reason why I included it. Because spacecraft have no connection to ground, the accumulation of charge during flight creates a plasma sheath around the vehicle, affecting scientific measurements taken in flight. A recent paper by Barry at uh, Barry at L Studies. The deflection of particles caused by this charge accumulation. Yeah, I think it was about, you know, looking at these NASA ice particles in space and all that. Uh, here they're saying that uh, about plasma charging the skin during flight. Now... We know the atmosphere gets thinner and thinner as further away you get from Earth. So even in orbit, there is still some particles from Earth as well as uh, from the spacecraft engines. So will that charge be negated around the craft? Well, it's flying flying through space it's going to be have to be flying through some plasma charge still even if it's minute I think all that's going to change the repellent and uh, probably even in the experiments like they're saying here but let's just keep on reading By looking at detection biases of electrons and ions, the researchers created a map of particle migration determined from where detected particles originated. There are subtle error signatures present in science data, and we propose that this bias effect is one source of those error signatures. The group found that particles are deflected in both energy and direction. Both electrons and ions undergo a non-uniform deflection which results in an asymmetry in their detection. Wire booms on the wire booms on the spacecraft used to measure electric fields are found to be the primary drivers of the observed asymmetries. It was interesting to see how much a thin wire could have such a large effect on measurements of the surrounding plasma. To obtain particle counts and map the trajectories, data from the fast plasma investigation a plasma instrumentation suit on NASA's metaspheric multi-scale <laughs> mission was analyzed. This onboard flight data was paired with a simulation to characterize the particle behavior through the plasma sheath. Understand the particle pass can help scientists properly elevate evaluate 
onboard data. The real goal of this research is to perform a correction on the science data for existing missions and to inform future space design so to avoid these effects altogether. Yes. That was twenty nineteen. There's my church. Um, there was a there was another new article. Whereabouts did I put it? Some a goofoony. <laughs> uh, yeah, might get to that. Probably have to be another live show. <laughs> Nuclear borers. Yeah, that's a good one. The new tech cuts through rock without grinding into it. Yeah, I cover that. And uh, there was another one, I'm not sure what's happened to it. Ah, oh, right, this one here. Uh, let's just go through this one since we were talking about the Big Bang before. And this comes out this uh, this month, 2023, 2023. So it's carrying on from the other article pretty much. Um, a couple of years ago now, isn't it? <laughs> How old is our universe? New study says Big Bang might have happened 27 billion years ago. So now they've changed changed it. Instead of agreeing that the Big Bang didn't happen, now they're saying that uh, the age of the universe is totally wrong. So again, they're just changing things to suit their theory to keep it going. Uh, so let's uh, see if I can read it. New telescope reveals stellar birth. The Webb Space Telescope is marking one year of cosmic photographs with so one year already, is it? Uh, one of the best yet. The dramatic close-up of dozens of stars at the moment of birth. NASA unveiled the latest snapshot Wednesday revealing 50 baby stars in a cloud complex three, nine, 390 light years away. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, not too sure how they can say that's the birth of the universe. Because it looks like they keep changing things. <laughs> Uh, 
Now, the idea was that forms hydrogen that forms into dense stars, right? And fusion uh, is triggered. Uh, so I guess that's the gas cloud and it's forming new stars. That's what they're saying there, is it? Dozens of stars. Is it a dozen? Uh, I suppose it would be dozens. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Okay. It's a question that has vexed scientists for ages. How old is our universe? The question is simply enough. <laughs> but as the years go on, uh, it's become apparent that settling on an answer isn't quite so easy. Even today, the matter remains open to discussion as new research could at any moment upend our previous cosmic conception for the age of the the billions of galaxies that comprise our universe. That's what happened last week when a new study released challenging the long-held notion that our universe is nearly 14 billion years old. If the findings of the latest research prove accurate, the Big Bang may have taken place 26.7. Got to have the 0.7 added billion years ago, making the actual age of the universe nearly twice as old as we thought. So, what if they find even more, more stars with better telescopes? That's going to change again. Maybe the universe is uh, endless. How the impossible early galaxy problem under undermined our understanding of the universe age. For years, astronomers and physicists have primarily calculated the age of the cosmos by measuring the time elapsed since the Big Bang and studying the closest stars. But the study published June 7th in a journal monthly notices of the raw astronomical society seems to confirm that pre previous estimates were widely off. <laughs> What's referred to the new study as the impossible early age uh, galaxy problem has long baffled scientists who st struggle to reconcile. Uh, why some galaxies thought to have come into existence long after the Big Bang appears to in fact be much older than the universe estimated age. Observed through NASA's James Watt Telescope galaxies and stars like the, uh, what is that one? Mepho, 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 appear to have a level of maturity and mass typically associated with billions of years of cosmic evolution. It's a notable observation considering that the widely held belief that they are, they came into existence hundreds of millions of years after the Big Bang. So by making the, the universe older, they can counteract those other problems. <laughs>
Okay, do we need to read out any more of this? Uh, how did the study determine the universe could be 26.7? Uh, the redshift of light. Literally, light from distant galaxies stretched and shift towards the red part of the spectrum is what, the, what has long helped to inform physicists' estimates of the universe age in simple terms. The thought has been that the redshift indicated the distance of stars and galaxies, and hence the faster they are moving away from Earth. Not moving, not, no motion, it's expanding, <laughs> as we just read earlier. By estimating the rate at which the stars are moving away, scientists can calculate how fast spa space is expanding into an infinite growing universe. So now it's infinite. Uh, but the so-called tired light theory that originated in 1929 with Swiss astronomer Fritz offered an alternative explanation. Perhaps the redshift we see isn't due to galaxies moving away from us. Instead, Sawaki's hypothesis was that it might because light loses energy and shine after traveling a long distance. Well, can they prove that wrong? Gupta proposes that if we allow Sackwacky's theory to coexist with the idea of expanding universe, we can reinterpret the redshift as a hybrid of both of these phenomena and thus arrive at an even more accurate age estimate of the universe. Um, and Gupta goes even further in the study, introducing the fundamental physics idea from English spherical physicist Paul Dirac, 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 uh, that coupling constraints govern the interactions between particles. What does that mean? <laughs> Gobbledygook. <laughs> if these constraints evolve, then the time it takes for the early galaxies of surge in the Webb telescope to form extends from a few hundred million years to several billion years. Better put, it would offer an explanation for the advanced level of development and mass of surge in the previous puzzling early galaxies. So I wonder if that guy's now addressed all these things uh, that we read first of all, talking about the plasma universe. Uh, I think there's always going to be problems with theories. They'll keep tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it until it can explain every every abnormality. <laughs> Sometimes the simplest explanation is the correct one. The Big Bang seems to be getting more and more complex, right? Okay, getting through it slowly. It's all interesting stuff because all this has got to be connected to aliens and UFOs, right? 
Ghostly mirrors for high-powered lasers. Now, it's another article I've come across. Uh, Laser-driven mirrors capable of reflecting or manipulating light has been produced. The mirrors exist for only a fragment of time, <laughs> but could help to reduce the size of ultra-high-powered lasers, which currently occupy buildings the size of aircraft hangars to university, university basement sizes. Uh, they have potentially potential to be developed into a variety of plasma-based... Okay, we got plasma again. High damaged threshold optical elements that could lead to small footprint ultra high power ultra short pulse laser systems sounds like we're getting close to um laser weapons and planes isn't it or even tanks and maybe even hand handheld plasma beings Terminator. The new way of producing mirrors and other optical components points the way to developing the most uh, to the next generation high-powered lasers from hundreds of petawatts, a thousand watts. Um, to exawatts. Am I reading that right? <laughs> um, petawatts, exawatts. It's only three difference in those numbers. <laughs> the new research has been published in communication physics. Look at this one. It's got to be someone in the eastern block somewhere. <laughs> or living in America that come from uh, parents come from there Dino Jero Sunsky where's the Sunskis come from Ukraine I don't know they are pretty good on their mess Ukrainians now uh, they're pretty good coders as well Department of Physics led the research. He said high-powered lasers are tools that enable research in many areas of medicine. Biologically, material sciences, chemistry and physics. Making high-powered lasers more viable would transform the way science is done. Also, wars, I'd say. <laughs> Weapons. Could these tools in a single room on a table for a reasonable price. The work significantly advances the state of the art of high-powered lasers by proposing new methods for generating optical elements. Makes you wonder if they could um, have a laser beam, have, you know, if they're going to Mars, they should release um, these laser receivers and senders in space like satellites and use a beam between them 
like fiber optics so they've got fast communication back to earth instead of using uh, radio signals digital radio signals uh, would it be faster I don't know would it be cleaner uh, more bandwidth must be some benefit to using lasers instead of radio waves that's a good question uh, I wonder if you can ask it is there a benefit to using laser light over radio to communicate long distance because how do the aliens do it? The main, main advantages of using laser communication over radio waves is increased bandwidth. That's what I said. <laughs> there you go, not so stupid. Enabling the transfer of more data in less time. So that must be the reason. Because you want to send back pictures and voice and data. I suppose that might be what Elon Musk is doing with his satellites. I think he's got a laser link between the Starlink, hasn't he? And then he uses radio from there going back down to Earth where you've got a receiver so you can get your internet that way. Infrared light used for laser communication. So they're using infrared light. Okay. Differs from radio waves because the infrared light packs the data in significantly tighter waves. So one of these high powered lasers would increase the distance then. Um, New research has produced layered plasma mirrors. Oh, okay, here's plasma again. A group of now planning further proof of principle experiments to demonstrate the robustness and fidelity of the plasma optical elements. Plasma is fully ionized gas and makes up the vast majority of the visible universe. Here we go again. Considering propagation laser beams produce a beat wave in plasma that drives electrons and ions into a regular layer structure which acts as a very robust high reflectivity mirror. Very interesting. Uh, this mirror exists only fleetingly for a few picoseconds, less than one over what is it hundred trillion is it uh, no billion one over hundred billion of a second its ghostly presence enables very intense laser light to be reflected or manipulated manipulated 
Okay, well, I, I suppose we've got the rough idea. I'll post a link to that. There's more reading on that. Plasma is everywhere. Plasma is changing things. Plasma mirrors of all things. So you can see that maybe UFOs will be using plasma in more than one way, probably. The fourth state of matter. Yeah, we're done with that one. Uh, how much more we got? Yeah, there's a few more tabs here to go yet. <laughs> how are we going for time? Feels like another hour's passed already. Uh, two and a half, okay. Uh, looks like no one's interested in science on YouTube anyway. Or these articles. Um, on to the next one. What was this one? Alright, oh, talking about solar wind and plasma. Solar wind, plasma, and the magnetic sphere. And there was something interesting in this. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> Maybe it's just a nice picture. So you can see there's a weakness in the field here where we get the southern lights and the northern lights happening right in the higher atmosphere. So that means satellites going around that location there uh, certainly would be affected by it, right? Uh, have we got any other stuff here? I think it was just the picture, was it? Might be because um, the filter's hiding something. Let's just turn it off just in case. And we've got here solar flare, solar wind. No, I can't see a more button or anything. But yeah, at least we can see uh, how the medic field off the Earth protects it apart from the North and South Poles. Uh, the weak areas, I guess. How are uh, astronauts and the International Space Station protected from solar flares? Okay, we just saw a picture of it. Okay, we'll see what they say here. Uh, Does the minute field stop at all? Probably not. Uh, so let's see what it says. 
the sun emits electromagnetic radiation which may consist of UV, infrared, x-rays and also charged particles that are emitted from the sun which are harmful to humans. Well we know that light gets to earth so it must go through some of the shielding because we get UV and we get infra infrared heat and obviously x-rays but how much probably gets a sword by the ear does it uh, so what's it saying here they are emitted harmful to humans but during intense solar flares it emits more radiation and even gamma rays how are astronauts and in international space station protected from the radiation Okay, most of the EM radiation is stopped by regular materials. Uh, a sheet of paper can stop a lot of UV radiation. So that's going into a layer of carbon, I guess. Uh, made from trees. Solar flares generally do not emit much in the gamma ray range, only the strongest events do. Um, so the biggest issue is charged particles at energies above 10 megawatts. Uh, no, is it? Mega electron volts. None of the regions on the International Space Station are safe. Oh, there you go. Thankfully, the intensity falls with increased increase in energy so these higher energies tend to be much lower intensity so what are they saying there so nowhere safe but frankly intensity crawls with increasing energy so these higher energies tend to be much lower intensity so they can't protect it anywhere on the space station so they're saying above that is rare that's what they're saying is it i'm just trying to understand what they're trying to say there so far solar flares haven't proven as dangerous as one would possibly think uh, they are nothing to nothing to easily dismiss mind you and they mind you and the International Space Creation crew does have procedures in place to weather the storm. But nothing too, pers uh, too specular has yet happened due to them. Uh, it's like the, that movie where they're on the moon, moon bases, and they get a solar flare and they've got to get in, into shelter because uh, the space shoots won't protect them. 
Uh, what was that called? Uh, the TV show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's meant to be an alternative future where the Russians make it to the moon first or something. Uh, it's quite a good series. I can't think of the name. The ISS crew did receive a solar weather warning several times and were advised to enter the more protected areas of the International Space Station, such as the US-built Dynasty Laboratory or the Russian-built service module Severduck. <laughs> Severduck. Severduck? Severdes. Oh, I don't know how you say that one. Sedvesta. <laughs> Sedvesta. Uh, but they were in instances well within the safety margins. On one occasion, in December 2006, even sleeping throughout the event. Uh, the most interesting thing about solar coronal mass ejections that cause a lot of solar flares is that these are highly magnetized particles and they actually help push away other charged particles such as high energy protons and cosmic rays with the effect known as the four bush decrease. Such particles are a lot bigger concern to astronauts. Uh, hang on. Fake known as for Bush. Such particles are a lot bigger concern to astronauts stationed on International Space Station. Cosmic rays are supercharged subatomic particles coming mainly from outside our solar system. Sources include exploding stars, black holes, and other characters characters that uh, dwarf the sun in violence. Unlike solar protons, which are relatively easy to stop with materials such as aluminium or aluminum, as the Americans say, or plastic cosmic rays cannot be completely stopped by any known shield in technology. Oh, that's interesting. Cosmic rays cannot be completely stopped. How about um, putting a planet in the way? <laughs> I suppose it might still pass through a planet. Um, let's see. Cosmic rays. Cosmic rays. Do they pass through the earth? Because there's a lot of water there. What's it say about that? Cosmic rays introduction. They are high energy particles that move through space at nearly the speed of light, nearly at the speed of light. Most cosmic rays are atomic nuclei stripped of their atoms with protons. Do cosmic rays penetrate the Earth? Cosmic rays constantly rain down on Earth and while the high energy primary rays collide with atoms in the Earth's 
upper atmosphere and really make it through to the ground. Secondary particles are ejected from this collision and do reach us on the ground. Secondary particles. So it doesn't pass through Earth then. So the atmosphere can stop them. Discovered in 1912. A significant leap forward in cosmic ray science came in 2017 when the Pierre Olga Observatory, which is spread over 3,000 square kilometers in Western Argentina, studied their arrival. Is that the one that sort of self-destroyed itself recently? And <laughs> uh, the cable snapped. Studied the arrival of trajectories of 300,000 cosmic particles. It concluded, concluded that there is a difference in how frequently these cosmic uh, rays arrive, depending on where you look. Well, the origins are still nebulous, knowing where to look as first step. Cosmic rains can even be used for applications outside astronomy. In November 2017, a research team discovered a possible, possible void in the Great Pyramid of Giza, which was built around 2560 BC. Using cosmic rays, the researchers found this cavity using muon tomology, which examines cosmic rays and their penetrations. Yeah, that's quite interesting. You never know what you're going to find. Uh, I suppose I should paste it on the side. <laughs> it's just me posting in the side, but looks like. Pretty sad, really. Cosmic rays um, discovers void in the pyramid. Hey, that one actually worked. <clears throat> Alright, so what we were looking at here. So you need lots of atmosphere to block it, and even then, if it's detected by a dish on the ground, well, they must have made it to the ground, a whole burst of them. September 2004, bush decreases. The amount of high energy subatomic and cosmic rays that would penetrate International Space Station hull with ease compared to protons of coronal mass ejection that can't pass through the space station external shield hull that easily actually decreases during solar flares on their way towards the Earth, forming a massive magnetic field on top of the Earth's own. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Another point is that while solar flares can reach 
head spin and speeds of several millions of kilometers per hour, the average distance from the sun is still the, in the vicinity of 150 million kilometers, given international space crew ample viewing time to react, with average of at least a day's worth of advance warning so they can prepare and move to better protected areas. Uh, there we go. Got a little impact risk. Uh, what's the color code? Blue is the best. So blue is that one there, is it? So that must be the research lab there. Um, Anything else we need to read there? No, I'll just post a link to it. So, all space uh, radiation detection. Oh, that one's not going to go. Okay, I think it's got a lot of crap on the end too, isn't it? Yep. Delete that. There we go. Another tab done. So I'm normally mixing a bit of this with uh, UFO stuff. Um, and break it up a wee bit. And it's, just, it's just all piled on and I had to do two lives on it <laughs> but I did actually include some UFA stuff in the last live uh, if you look at the chapters. Um, with the cylinder craft over China. New spaceship antenna for vents radio silence during Fiery re-entry. Re so we read last um, live show about it actually creates a plasma uh, with the atmosphere and uh, it's not actually uh, burning or heating up the, the, the outside of the craft directly creates like an air cushion but it still gets very hot. But all this plasma around it, obviously they lose communication, right? That's what they're saying here. But they found a new way to get around that. When future spacecraft re-enter the atmosphere, a new kind of antenna might help them keep in contact with ground, despite the fiery sheaths of super hot plasma around them. The technology might also help keep communication lines open to other hypersonic vehicles, okay, <laughs> such as military planes and ballistic missiles. How about drones? How about UFOs? <laughs> when a vehicle 
travels at hypersonic speeds this is five or more times uh, the speed of sound an envelope of hot ionized air develops around this so-called plasma sheath acts like a mirror against electromagnetic signals under most conditions cutting off radio communications with anything outside the vehicle uh, a NASA Apollo 13 crisis revealed in 1970 the radio science can be fraught with extraordinary tension as the crippled spacecraft plummeted back towards Earth, the communication blacked out, lasted more than a minute longer than expected, leaving ground control in tortured suspense over whether the three astronauts aboard had survived. Hey, Shogun, finally. <laughs> You're the second person to show, but... Uh, John P. Adventures beat you, but he again he left, <laughs> didn't stick around. What's going on then? How you been? Well, I've been almost three hours into the slice show and uh, mostly talking to myself, I guess. But people will probably watch it later. Uh, how's it going? How I've been? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I did explain earlier some of the stuff, but you can go back and listen instead of me repeating it. Um, thanks for showing up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, catch up later. I'll probably be wrapping up soon anyway. What is the time? Uh, 1.14 in the morning. I started early because I didn't walk the dog because it's uh, like a... The worst uh, rainstorm yet to date, so I'm just wondering, I'm just panicking how my cameras are lasting out there. It may be easing off now. Oh yeah, maybe easing off a wee bit. Uh, water on those two cameras. These ones are surviving pretty good, even though this one's got no protection, hasn't got any ease at all. These ones have. I guess it depends which way the rain's coming down and the, the angle of the wind. But yeah, this one does seem well waterproof so far anyway. Especially with the extra tape I put on some of the holes, like the mic hole and the speaker hole. But you got water tension, right? So, uh, what's that moving across? It looked like something running across the screen there before. <laughs> I now want to do um, an, a. Oh, we just lost connection there, did we? Hmm. That's, that's, doing, that's doing pretty well, though. Was that a bug that ran across the screen before? Or was it water running across the screen? That was kind of an interesting effect. Uh, oh, look, look at the big splashes. <laughs> That camera, if it's oh, what's this? That looked like an insect or something. Did you see that one? That wasn't a bounce of water. Why would an insect be flying around in that? That was very interesting. Wouldn't think anything was flying around. 
maybe we can prove that uh, Gab is wrong about insects in winter because we've proven that already. We're in the middle of winter and already we've seen look, look like like a flying something in the sky. Oh, there's another one, is it? I know it might have been bounce of water that one. But that one that went sort of like that changed directions. That definitely looked like a bug. Yeah, I'm not seeing any more that's going horizontal. <laughs> <clears throat> now that's quite interesting there because we've got two cameras and it merges the images to so see how it sort of went Pshh. so the infrared over this side was illuminating but the sensor on this side didn't see the infrared from that angle kind of weird effect Now we lost another camera, have we? Oh, that's not good. What was that one? Now we got it back. Well, that one's inside the house, so... But um, it is a pretty crappy uh, wireless... These ones are on cable. All of those, apart from this one down here, that's in the bedroom next door, looking out the window. Now my cursor's not pointing to it anymore. <laughs> See, it disappears. So that's kind of a bug. Yeah, yeah. Every time I move the cursor over, it disappears. Yeah, sometimes when it rains, it creates noise and because uh, the water uh, absorbs um, the microwave energy, right? So if it's sending out signal and bouncing back, uh, it's, it's losing that extra signal going the other direction. So if the router's sending radio waves towards this and then it bounces back, it's getting some extra signal coming back. But if you've got water coming down, it's going to absorb that signal. That's how um, weather radars work anyway. They can see reflections back and... and uh, the intensity of them. Ah, is it slowing down? Hmm, hopefully it's going to stop soon because I reckon the street will be flooded. Maybe I should do little um, shorts of the street flooded because <laughs> um, might be able to get 30,000 views like um, Blue Chicken did with his one with the block drain. <laughs> It's amazing little stupid videos like that uh, gets lots of views but when you do serious stuff and like I do uh, it gets like 10 views definitely suppressed uh, anyway yeah yeah so where were we we're gradually working through the, the science tabs here I didn't I, I was gonna sort of break it up and add it in, as a UFA topic but now it's sort of ended up being all these scientific uh, science topics one after another but they've really been really interesting uh, most of them so how's the antenna work here to get through the plasma 
Um, prior studies have tried to solve this communication black hole problem, but they all had their shortcomings. For instance, scientists have suggested changing the shape of hypersonic vehicles. <laughs> Instead of using uh, triangles, use tic tacs uh, because shaped nose vehicles, sharp nose vehicles, I mean, uh, have thinner plastic uh, plasma sheaths that blunt nosed ones than black. Uh, so, what is it saying here? Because sharp nose vehicles have thinner plasma sheaths than blunt nose ones but sometimes blunt nose bodies are preferred because they can withstand heat better and slow down more quickly other approaches uh, involve using magnetic fields to control the plasma sheath or ejecting water or other liquids into the plasma sheath make it more permeable to radio signals but these methods require extra power and weight obviously you've got to carry the extra weight so it's a bit like a window washer <laughs> shoot out the front of the space shuttle to get through the plasma uh, now Gayo and his colleagues uh, Bin Heyo sounds like a Chinese person Goyan also of Urban Institute Technology. So what's that? Whereabouts is that? Revealed they might be able to use the plasma sheath itself to enhance signals for antennas to maintain communication. Ah, so they can actually use the plasma. How are they doing that? We have found a novel approach to solve the communication blackout problem. The researchers explained that when the electromagnetic fluctuations of radio antennas are in sync with those of their surroundings, a phenomenon known as resonance. Ah, sounds like Tesla, doesn't it? He was talking about antennas and resonance. Can amplify radio signals once one example of resonance is the way a playground swing will climb higher from repeated pushes. Another well-known example of resonance can be seen when an opera singer hits just the right note to cause a champagne glass to resonate and shatter. The researchers suggest adding a carefully designed layer of electrically insulated material into communications antennas that would essentially store electrical energy in, combina in combination with the plasma sheath this matched layer would generate resonance condition resonant conditions during hypersonic flight so again this sounds like something that DARPA would be doing with those possible tic-tac hypersonic drones that people keep saying are not alien but maybe owls or Chinese right so the, the problem with that was um, 
high stuff moving at hypersonic uh, to be connected to a satellite control system, remote control system, right? You have to maintain good uh, communication. But surely moving through the air at such speeds would cause this plasma sheaf, sheaf to be made, you'd think. Uh, it's a good question. Maybe it only happens at a certain speed of the object coming down. Um, let's see if we can ask that question actually. We say hypersonic missiles. No, it's got a pointy nose on those ones. They're saying about the pointy nose. Uh, is a good way to break through. Um, do hyper sonic missiles cause plasma you often heard about people saying it's got a plasma shield around a UFO during, t during their high speed heat is produced which breaks down the molecules in the atmosphere causing formation of ionized gas layer called a plasma sh uh, stealth, stealth or sheaf. Was that a mistake? So it's easily challenging to, to detect hypersonic missiles, but few vulnerabilities of hypersonic missiles makes it possible for its detection. So also, they're saying here that the plasma makes it invisible. Because I suppose uh, you don't, if you're beaming off microwave energy from radar, right? It's not going as as like radio waves. It's not going to penetrate it and bounce off. It's just going to dissolve, be absorbed into the plasma. Hmm, it's quite interesting. So, is that what makes UFOs invisible then? Plasma? Could be, you know. Uh, what's that say there? What damage does a hypersonic missile do? <laughs> Fitted with conventional warheads, hypersonics don't inflict significant more damage than other. Okay. What is the plasma on hypersonic weapons? Hypersonic missiles interact with atmosphere. We just read all that. Do hypersonic missiles leave the atmosphere? So it obviously creates a plasma, but but when you see it, uh, hypersonic missiles. Plasma visible. By humans. Okay, we'll try that one. Why Russia's hypersonic missiles can't be seen on radar, but we already sussed that one out. But how about natural light? Uh, hypersonic detection, not so stealthy after all okay so there's a new article plasma sheaf absorbs radio waves and thus 
renders the vehicle practically invisible to active radar system. So we find that learning new things here all the time about this stuff, right? I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that sort of covered this as well in the ufology section section of this uh, YouTube. <laughs> no one's interested though. Ever since the first Nazi V2. Uh, is there anything here? But it turns out a quirk of physics may also cloak hypersonic missiles. How about visible light though? Would it, would it sh be like glowing in the night time? You see a glow going through the sky? That's what I want to know. Um, so how can we word this? Do hypersonic uh, missiles glow visible spectrum? Of light um, okay what have we got here hypersonic weapons do not zigzag across the sky the stresses and heat generated by a 10,000 uh, pound glide vehicle traveling at four so I said that before with that uh, third phase video where it seemed to be going on crazy in the sky that it couldn't be um, a, a missile test because it was simply snapping in half so it had to be a fake right remember that one didn't hear any more on that one either did we um, five times to 15 times the speed of sound are so great a sharp turn would rip the weapon apart there you go it's very interesting stuff but we still haven't got the answer that was after <laughs> but how you see them um can be really hard to f to find the information probably if i tried the the jet gpt thing maybe maybe it's not even published <laughs> information military information if it's not fun in 10 seconds who wants to know <laughs> TikTok culture yeah uh, they don't want to learn do they the generation said you've seen the latest crap they're looking at now uh, what they call it had a special name where people send them emoji and they gotta act stupid for that that emoji and the and they have to pay to send the emoji, a bit like super chats. Now you seen that? I posted it uh, in the one of the sections anyway <laughs> on the Discord. Uh, Paul Watson was talking about it. I don't know if we can share it or not, but uh, I can't remember what it was called. Sidetracked anyway on that TikTok. <laughs> TikTok new craze. See if it comes up. Uh, what's it called? New craze, right? No, craze. I wanted. <laughs> uh, NPC trend. Here you go. Is out of control. 
police issues warning about the new top craze uh, TikTok deadly new craze obviously there's a lot of crazes on the TikTok because it goes back to 2020 here is it five days ago so that's MPC is the latest one um, just be careful here what I can play though it's kind of crazy uh, what the kids are doing now I think uh, if I had kids I'd probably ban them from TikTok and block it <laughs> but I don't know how you'd be able to control it because the kids generally are clever and can get VPNs and all sorts of ways around it and use it outside the house and all that sort of stuff so I gotta yeah, be honest uh, with you all okay I've seen a lot of weird things on the internet. <laughs> so we, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Shogun has as well. The internet for a while. And I've seen a lot of weird things. But this might just take the cake. Ice cream, yum! Here we go. So apparently she makes $7,000. Was it a day or an hour from doing this all day long? And TikTok take, uh, unlike Google, 30%, they take 70% of the money. So she gets 7000 and they take away most of it. <laughs> but she still makes a couple grand out of it. Gang gang, gang gang. I don't know what that is, but it's unnatural. It's the latest trend taking over TikTok, and in the same vein, Taking over my Twitter feed. It's these videos of people on TikTok Live who, well, there's no other way to put it. They roleplay as NPCs, called being an NPC streamer. Gang, 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 gang. <sighs> mm, ice cream so good. Gang, 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 gang. You might have seen this. Now you thought uh, TikTok was mindless. How about now? <laughs> So hopefully we don't get done for playing his video, but I'll paste a link to it and you can see the other clips if you want to. And Paul Watson puts together a good one. Good breakdown of it. And he makes it more funny too. <laughs> NPC craze is nutty. <laughs> but it makes good money for these girls. To act dumb. That's, that's pretty sad, really. <laughs> it's really weird stuff. TikTok is making lots of money out of it, too. Um, they say it's like a pre-teen sex thing. Where they can get girls to do all sorts of crazy sounds and, and uh, hand gestures and whatever, body gestures. <laughs> the world has gone mad. Yes, uh, it certainly has. <laughs> but anyway, back to um, science again instead of crazy people. <laughs> I, I never really liked TikTok, but I'm on it. You know, I, I do put up my shorts from YouTube on it. And I do do it as a test, really, just to, to see how many I could get to come across to YouTube. But uh, I don't think I've got anyone come across from TikTok to YouTube after seeing the shorts there. So it's, it's not, they haven't got the mentality for my stuff. But if I put up that one with the, 
the crazy lens flare UFO or um, masses of bugs being filmed. And they're interested in that. That's kind of crazy. But they're not interested in the science or understanding it. Uh, so yeah, uh, hypersonic missiles. Didn't really answer the question. I might just... Uh, I suppose there might be videos of hypersonic missiles where you could actually see if they do glow, I suppose. Might just uh, open up Microsoft Edge and ask the chat AI about it. Here we go. Ask me anything. Well, that didn't actually work last time, did it? I got banned <laughs> for asking about people freezing in space. Uh, let's see if it comes back. It's going to confuse the hell out of it. Maybe I've worded it wrong. <laughs> I was uh, missiles. Yeah, here we go. Is it even going to answer the question? It's going to repeat what we already found out. Um, fly long distance through the atmosphere at more than five times the speed of sound. Yeah, we already know. That. According to an article in Simon America, hypersonic weapons would fly deep in, within the atmosphere most of the time using lift generated by airflow to wave, weave around and try to evade interceptors. Approaching at such low altitudes, these weapons would avoid detection by ground-based radar. But it doesn't even mention about the plasma which we found about until close to their target, making them more difficult to stop. I couldn't find any information about whether hypersonic missiles glow in the visible spectrum. <laughs> See, I told you. Um, maybe that information is uh, suppressed, you know. Um, hypersonic missiles of plasma sheath. Uh, would be visible uh, by uh, humans, but invisible to radar. So, so much for AI. Let's see. So technically it should have a, like a orange glow, right? Like the space shuttle coming down. But we don't actually see the space shuttle glowing, do we? Uh, I don't think I'm ever seeing any. Okay, so we've got popular mechanics here. What's it saying? According to the article, popular mechanics of plasma sheath, a sword's radio waves. Yeah, we know this. Thus renders the vehicle practically invisible to active radar system. However, the same plasma sheath also generates a lot of heat and infrared sensors can spot hot objects. So that's, you know, that sort of relates to UFOs as well, right? Remember, you can see, see these objects in infrared, but... Um, 
you don't see it with your eyes, right? Because, um, yeah, what does the space shuttle come down? Come at what? What max speed does that come down? What speed does the space shuttle? Um, what speed does the space shuttle reach? When plasma is formed. Let's see. Okay, so what we got was that Mac 25? Did I read there? Uh, according to NASA, the space shuttle re enters atmosphere at high hypersonic speeds M25. Is that Mac? Mac 25? Under these conditions, the heat heated air becomes an ionized plasma of gas, and the spacecraft must be insulated from high temperatures. is in 25 mac 25 so that's 25 the speed of the sound so that's even faster and that's correct <laughs> and when you say that in the full answer uh we'll put it in brackets <laughs> so that's uh, at least 10 times faster than hypersonic missiles then Um, would plasma around shuttle? We'll just put it down to things it could find out about. Be seen by the eye telescope uh, without infrared. Has to do, surely. Probably should have said infrared uh, camera or whatever. I do not understand. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Can't find information. What's all these pictures coming up? See, that's infrared. Cause electric charge to accumulate on the spacecraft. Okay, so I don't know what else to, <laughs> um, don't know what else to ask it. Then, so we're not going to find the answer. So it can be seen in infrared. It'd have to be glowing orange, I would have thought. At least maybe a tip of it, right? Uh, but we have to move on, I guess. It's interesting, though interesting stuff complicated stuff i'm probably gonna have to wrap up soon because i'm starting to hit uh, uh what have we going for time better check uh three and a half okay how, how much we got left uh what's all this what's it something I head up 
what's that from? Huh? Got a feeling that was an article I had. Now it's been sabotaged. I don't know. Or did I click on something? Uh, anyway, I'll be t talking about this guy, the one Corbell works with. Uh, not Corbell, <laughs> although he probably does. Um, Cambian works with. So hopefully we'll do that with Robert. Uh, we got through the tabs, we got through half of them. Uh, where do we get to? I'm talking about the antenna. Alright, talking about coconut. So normally planes have those little antennas that pop underneath that like form like a V shape. So carefully designed installation. Now oh, there we go. Finished with that one too. Um Something crazy going on here. Uh, so what was that one? Plasma communications. So if they figured that out, then they'll probably apply that to remote control hypersonic missiles then. If it's if it's invisible to radar. They might be able to punch a hole through it and still be able to control it, right? And that will probably be used on drones, right, as well. All this stuff sort of fits together now, doesn't it? You know, I find all these little articles and it leads from one place to another. So it's got, it's got here <coughs> the white and red traveling at Mac 25. You'd have to see that. <coughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen videos of the space shuttle and, and the film in the win window, and they can see the plasma flames through the window, right? So it probably looked like a comet in the sky, is what I was thinking there, right? You know, we see these comets flying through the sky, but maybe uh, they could quite easily be hypersonic missiles as well, especially over. Um, other countries, right? <laughs> Middle East, and there might not be meteorites, there might be hypersonic missiles. Anyway, perhaps um, we'll find out more as the time years go on, and you'll better say, Oh, Paul was talking about that. <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, right. I don't think I've got the energy for Faraday cages this time. I might have to add it onto the next live. And Mick West stuff on Skinwalker Ranch will have to be at next time. I'll just keep building it up. <laughs> I'll have another episode after we do uh, one with Robert. Because I'll, I'll need tomorrow off again and uh, set up his one for Monday. My Monday lunchtime, which will be Sunday midnight if you're around. Uh, should be a good one. Uh, he wants to talk about a few things. So he's done some research for it, so we'll see see what he brings to the table. 
Um, okay. So we'll just finish off on this one here, I think, and uh, cover the other stuff another time. Researchers argue black holes will destroy all quantum states. That sounds pretty <laughs> scary, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. New calculations suggest that the event horizons will eventually decohere quantum possibilities, even those that are far away. Okay. So how's it all work? At Princeton University in early 1970s, uh, celebrated theoretical physicist John Wheeler could be spotted in seminars or impromptu hallway discussions drawing a big U, the letter left up, uh, left, left tip represents the beginning of the universe where everything was uncertain and all quantum possibilities were happening at the same time. The letter right tip, sometimes adored with an eye, depicts the observer looking back in time, thus bringing the left side of the U into existence. Sure. <laughs> in this uh, Sipitary universe, as Wheeler called it, the cosmos expanded and cooled around the U, forming structures and eventually creating observers like humans and measuring apparatus. But looking back to the early universe, the observers somehow made it real. Sounds like uh, one of those abstract thinking things, isn't it? <laughs> It doesn't exist unless you observe it. And then when you observe it, it changes. <laughs> changes what it was. Uh, what's that one? Um, Jules Berg, is it? No, what's that guy's name? Where the cat's alive or not in a box. Um, what's the name? <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. He would say things like, no phenomenon is true phenomenon until it's observed phenomenon said Robert M. Wald, theoretical physics at University of Chicago. Uh, here we go. Why didn't they put that picture up when they were talking about it? <laughs> okay, so now by studying how quantum theory behaves on the horizon of a black hole, Wade and his collaborators have calculated a new effect that is suggestive of Wheeler's precipitary universe. Uh, the mere presence of black hole they found is enough to turn a particle hazy superposition, the state of being in multiple potential states into a well-defined reality. <laughs> uh, it evolves the idea that these black hole horizons are watching. Talk about wacky, <laughs> wacky thinking. Uh, okay. What we have found might be a quantum mechanical realization of 
the participatory universe but where space-time itself plays the role because we we're talking about space for all at the beginning space-time at the beginning remember uh, itself plays a role of the observer now these these uh, theoretical scientists are just wacky jobs to me <laughs> theorists are now debating what to read into these watchful black holes this seems to be telling us something deep about the way gravity influences measurements and quantum mechanics uh theoretical astrophysicist at the university of arizona sounds like a cushy job to me <laughs> just make up bullshit and get paid for it but whatever this uh, will prove useful for researchers inching towards a complete theory of quantum gravity is still anyone's guess the effect is one of many uncovered in the past decade by physicists studying what happens when quantum theory is combined with gravity gravity at low energies for example theorists have had great success thinking about hawkins hawkins radiation which causes black holes to slowly evaporate <laughs> so, i just don't believe all this nonsense i really don't subtle effects that we haven't really noticed before gives us constraints from which we can glean clues about how to go up towards quantum gravity quantum bubbles quantum universe quantum tunnels all this stuff uh, the theoretical physics physicist at uh, wonder built university who was not involved in the new research black holes and superpositions to understand how a black hole could observe the universe it's, it's crazy it really is <laughs> start small consider the classic doubts slit experiment in which quantum particles are fired towards two slits in a barrier those that pass through are then detected by a screen on the other side at first each traveling particle seems to appear at random on the screen but as more particles pass through the slits the particles of light and dark stripes emerges the pattern suggests that each particle behaves like waves that pass through both slits at once uh, the bands result in peaks and troughs of waves either adding together or cancelling they interfere with each other now added a detector to measure which of the two slits the particle passes through the pattern light and dark strips will disappear the act of observing changed the state of particle yeah i sort of covered the double slit experiment right because you've got to remember uh, atoms eject um, electrons when light falls onto them remember that so you know that the experiment is made of atoms and you're firing light photons some of it's got to go into the atoms of the apparatus and that apparatus could emit um electrons which then can be absorbed into other atoms and then emit light again
Uh, so they're saying if you try and observe it, it changes the state of the particle. Importantly, your detector doesn't have to be close to the slits to figure out which path the particle took. A charged particle, for example, emits a long range electric field that might have slightly different strengths depending on whether it went through the right hand or the left hand slit. Measuring this field from far away will still allow you to give information about which path the particle took and thus cause decoherence. Uh, yes, yeah, diving into the deep end of stuff, isn't it? Spooky action at a distance and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know really what to say about it. It's probably too late in the night for my brain now to um, break all this down. The rules of quantum mechanics if Bob does successfully measure the particle, it will become entangled with him. <laughs> yeah, so it's talking about entangled particles, you know. Anyway, I don't think uh, we need to know too much about this. Uh, um, who sent it to me? It was um, um, Jasper, which we don't see much of on the side anymore. Here on the horizon, the idea that event horizons give information and cause decoherence isn't new. In 2016, Stephen Hawking. Malcolm Perry and Andrew Stromberger described how particles crossing over the event horizon could be accompanied by very low energy radiation that records information about how these particles. So it's all theoretical. It's just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? It all sounds good. Keeps them in the job. Uh, yeah doesn't really much interest me really. I'm not sure how that would relate to um, UFOs and aliens anyway, but I guess keep an eye on all this sort of stuff. Like I said, we will never know what the universe is and what life is all about. In the first live show on this part one that we did. And all these guys think they've got it all figured out. But um, they don't see that there could be errors in the experiment itself, you know, because you, cause you're making apparatus out of atoms, and we know atoms do crazy things, so, yeah. Um, what do we call this one? Black holes. <laughs> Black holes and quantum states quantum states man it's still raining heavy out there man oh man all those taps we got there so we got through half of them anyway one two three four five six seven eight so the next show will be with Robert and then 
And well, we got to look at um, some UFO stuff. Some crazy nonsense that uh, Third Phase has um, put out. Uh, some videos there that we can analyze. Some old ones. Um, let's see, what's the time now? Three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, we'll just have a quick look at um, the one that I want to look at anyway. I think it was on this one. They already put out something new, have they? UFO cover up. This one here, there's a few videos on here. Just quickly have a look. Oh, and meet those suckers. So, and they got that redhead on there, which I don't like. The one that wears all the heavy makeup and gloves and talks funny. <laughs> um, so, they got all these other videos here that I'll have a look at. So we got a light in the sky caught on a door cam. As you can see, it's way overexposed. It could be anything moving through the sky. But I kind of remember there was a security drone. And I'm not sure if this is the footage um, where Homeland Security, where they got these drones with the big bright lights on. I think it might be this that we're seeing here on this one. But I'll recover it again later and yeah, see look it looks like it's moving like a drone over top of the house not ufos and uh, what's the next one don't think we can do much with that video anyway uh, this one here uh, the redheads making silly comments about it um, I believe this is two lead kites, this one, in case you see it come up. See how this triangle shape and the way they're moving like kites, and you can see which way the wind's blowing there. And they're LED kites. Kind of looks fake, but um, definitely looks like LED lights on a kite to me. I don't think it's faked. Um, Gufon was saying it was CGI, and he can't, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't um, out third phase on it because he couldn't say, "Oh, they're putting up garbage again." So he stopped playing it. <laughs> he, he couldn't believe they put up this stupid video. But anyway, uh, on to the next one. Um, was this the one? Oh, this one might be the the one. Uh, it looks like, I know, this this one we really looked at, which I said it looked like a bunch of balloons, uh, the humanoid, right? They're claiming they've got a bit of footage of it now from the guy. Still looks like a bunch of balloons. <laughs> okay, on to the next one. But we'll go over it a bit better next, next, next live I do. This one here, uh, 1989 footage, I think it is. I oh, know, this is the paraglider one still with the bunch of balloons. Okay, we'll come back to that one. Uh, this one here, I think. It hasn't got a time stamp. It's got a time, though, isn't it? Uh, 
Yes, uh, time. This one here that kind of looks like a UFO. But to me, that looks like it's stationary, right? So I want to maybe see if I can look at it frame by frame. Uh, I got a feeling that it's a balloon that's been tethered. Um, but the interview guy, I'm not here. Oh, this guy here. And I asked Robert about him. He said uh, he's he's a self-confessed uh, crop circle hoaxer. So if he hoaxes crop circles, what's the chances he's hoaxing this one too? Uh, so yeah, but it's an interesting video. It did look like a UFO, especially on some angles there. But the way it's sort of banking like that and all that, looks like it's in wind. And I don't think the clouds are moving. Looks like it's stationary. And it looks like he might be zooming in and out. Goes out of focus. Okay, it looks like it's going up there, but that could be because someone's releasing more of the rope, right? Kind of looks like one of those ad balloons. I don't know if they hit them in AT. See the way it's wobbling? Anyway, I thought we'd cover that next uh, sometime. I'll keep it there for more detailed look at it um, yeah 86 uh, when it have to be uh, when were the first ad balloons shaped like UFOs Probably won't be able to find the information out though. Maybe the AI will know. Hot balloons and UFO histories. Mm, it's not answering the question there. Yeah, I don't think we'll be able to find the answer out. Uh, Myla come out after. 1947, we know that much. I think the first balloons were definitely around about that time. So, yeah, even if you made that at home, right, you could make that at home. Glue it together. Put some uh, hydrogen, even. You could uh, make hydrogen at home. Or use helium, I suppose, buy it. But yeah, we'll have a better look at that next time. I don't think Tyler's put out anything new yet, still. Maybe um, the Out There channel has busted him finally. <laughs> hey, come on, Tyler, put out something so we can bust you again. Mind you, we're not getting through to his million subscribers, obviously. They're not unsubbing. 
anyway, um, I'll leave it there. Two o'clock in the morning here. I need to go to the toilet anyway. And I've done almost four hours, so that's a good place to start, uh, stop it. So I'll say good night now. Um, and uh, we got through the part two stuff there. Uh, all the other stuff is new that I've added this week. Good night all. See you next time. Although only two of you is bothered showing up again. I don't know why. Where's all the people in UK interested in UFOs and the science connection? Whereabouts do they all hang out? Because I can't seem to find them. And well, hopefully there'll be more people show up for Roberts anyway. But it should be more suitable for UFO, uh, USA people anyway. There we go. And go boop 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 and good night uh, Shogun and uh, might take an hour for Google to process it. Is it working? Or is it screwed up here? Oh, there we go. Just a bit slow was it? I'll do the chapters tomorrow, hopefully. Um. So I'll see you Sunday night if you're around in the UK and uh, take care. I suppose a uh, hundred people show up now just as I'm ending the live show. <laughs> That's happened before. Uh, we had like 10 people suddenly show up.